Blog Talk Radio. Hey, what up, Q? What up, Radio World? My name is Quincy. And this is my show, the Talk to Q Radio Show. It's almost like posting a blog, except I'm doing it live. My name is Quincy, and this is my show. And tonight we are discussing relationships and being faithful, protecting our pets, and Obama and the N-word. Afterwards, we'll get into some zone coverage. Now, before I get started, let me do a little show maintenance and explain how this show works. This show is a platform for you, the callers, the chat room participants, the social networkers. All of you have the opportunity to voice, chat, or tweet your opinions to me and be heard worldwide and completely uncensored. Because here on T2Q, there are no experts, just opinions. Unlike most shows where you simply just listen to the host talk on and on, I allow you the opportunity to speak your mind. You can join my show legends each episode and discuss a wide range of things like relationships, current events, sports, celebrities, and more. This show is very informal by design because my style is very unorthodox in nature. The topics are random, but they're relevant with what's going on in the world today. The call-in number to step on your soapbox is 347-202-0215. That's 347-202-0215. If you decide to call in and you get the urge to voice your opinion, then after you connect, hit one on your dial pad. That lets me know that you're ready to speak. And please mute your phone if you're not speaking at the time because background noise picks up easily over cell phones and headsets. Now, another way you can contribute to the show is to follow me on Twitter at TalkTheQ. There is a live tweet chat that occurs during the show, and you can respond to some of the same questions that I'm asking over the air in most cases. Please search and use hashtag T2Q to read and respond to all show tweets. Now, if you want to learn more about me, the show, or the show legends, then journey on over to TalkToQ.com. And if you can't listen to the entire show live, 
then you can find T2Q on iTunes and pick up where you left off. Maintenance complete. T2Q show number 490 starts right after a word from Search For It Here and Liquid Life Diet Drops. If you own a business, you know how important it is to get the word out about what you have to offer. I want to tell you about a great online local business directory that will get you the attention you want. It's called searchforithere.com and it's fantastic. At searchforithere.com, multiple discounts are available on their local business directory with lots of great features. They have diamond or silver plans available that can save you tons. The diamond plan includes featured listings and the silver plan includes video as well as other great tools to promote your business. So take advantage of these great deals today and get listed as soon as possible. There are hundreds, even thousands of customers out there just waiting for you to get listed. Searchforwardhere.com is simply the best local business directory. So whether you own one business or many companies, it doesn't matter. Searchforwardhere.com is your number one local business directory. You can call them at 253-324-3352 or email them at sales at searchforwardhere.com. Searchforwardhere.com. Congratulations on your decision to achieve a healthier lifestyle and seek optimum health. It's a noble and wise goal that will help you live a longer and healthier life. Liquid Life Diet Drops are made from high-quality and completely natural ingredients that work along with your body's natural processes to help you feel better. Our product is non-homeopathic and in liquid form. It contains no hormones and is 100% safe. It has a very pleasant taste and is sweetened with stevia. Liquid Life Diet Drops has a variety of health benefits. Not only do they make you feel great, they also support maintaining weight and weight loss if you need to lose a few pounds. Please contact us at www.liquidlifedrops.us if you have any questions. We are here for you and your success. My thanks to searchforithere.com and liquidlifedrops.us for being sponsors of tonight's show. Okay, tonight we are discussing being faithful. Why is it so hard for for some people, you know? Some people just can't do it. I mean, is it something in their DNA, uh, you know, some type of code? Is it ethics, morals? What exactly causes someone just not to get it? Well, I figured I'd bounce nine questions off my show legends tonight to see what they have to say about it. So let me go to the phones where I have three of them holding. To the 248 area code, the Motor City of Detroit. Welcome on, Crystal. Crystal, how are you? Thank you. How are you? I am doing well. And the little spotlight thing you did tonight for your show, was that live or was that a recording? Because I, I didn't catch it live. It was recorded. Okay, okay. I will definitely get it finished listening to it when I get the opportunity. All right, let me go to the 850 area code, the Emerald Coastline of Pensacola, Florida, and welcome on Buck. Buck, what's happening? What up, what up? How's everybody doing this evening? How you doing, Crystal? Hey, Buck. All right, doing well, man. And to the 732 area code, the Garden State of New Jersey, well, welcome on the show and force my man Ray. Ray, what's happening? Hey, what's up, Q? Buck, Crystal, how y'all doing tonight? Doing Ray. well. All right, got about three topics for you. Then we'll get into some zone coverage afterwards if you all are up to it. Go ahead and get to it. Three four seven 
202-0215 is the number. Shouts out to Guy Ty in the chat room. Hello. Thanks for hanging out. All right, Crystal, ladies first. I mean, Crystal, why is it why is being faithful so hard for some people? Well, you know, there's many reasons. Um, I think one is that they choose the wrong people to actually be in a relationship with. Ah, very people important. that they're not they're not truly attracted to. And others is just um ego. You know, to keep themselves you know, having fun with other people, make sure they still got it. <laughs> Whatever. It's like a game. Okay, but what's your two cents on it? I mean, I mean, there's several reasons. I mean, but I mean, you have to. Every situation is different. Um, some people think they can get away with it, and they don't want to hurt other people's feelings. Um, so they can do it as long as they can, you know, as long as they can do it. Um, some people may do it for other reasons, you know, low self-esteem or whatever. I mean, there's a variety of reasons, but I mean, no. Situ, you know, in any situation, it's always different. It's not the same, same evil. So I mean, it just really depends on the situation. Okay. Now, Ray, being faithful isn't just like a physical thing. I mean, what are some other ways a person can violate their relationship bond? Um, I wouldn't say flirting would be one, because, I mean, sometimes flirting could just be who you are as a person, you know. And I would say, you know, Facebook, uh, text messages, uh, phone calls, you know, things of that nature could be some things that can be, you know, considered as being unfaithful. Okay. All right, Buck, do you agree? Can I mean, can social media um, be a form of uh, unfaithfulness, depending on how it's used? Depending on how it's used, it could be. Um, but I mean, everybody uses social media different. I mean, they could. Use, some people may use it as an excuse, but it just really depends on you know what you're doing and who you're talking to. I mean. Let's be honest here. We're we, we all grown folks. At least I hope we are. And you know the difference between right and wrong, so you know what you're doing. But sometimes you can you can put yourself in in bad situations by saying certain things and letting people know you know your own personal business. And when you do that, you're setting yourself up self, setting yourself up for disaster. Okay. Now, Crystal. Um... What makes a person morally stronger than one who is unfaithful? Like, you know, you have one person who cheats, the other one who doesn't. What makes that person not cheat? Is it ethics, DNA? I mean, what do you think it is? A lack of opportunity, <laughs> mainly. Okay. Okay. Uh, you know, I don't know if it's such, well, I guess it could be morals, lack of morals or whatever, but I think sometimes people if you cheat for so many different reasons um, that I think a lot of it really just has to do with opportunity and the opportunity comes when you're looking for it, you know, I mean, just like with anything, uh-huh. if you are not seeking out an opportunity, you know, it can go by without you realizing it or recognizing it. 
So so you always have to be ready and waiting um, for for opportunities to strike so you can do something about it. So um, for those who are thinking of cheating or thinking of um, something better or, or different or whatever, then when the opportunity arises, then they take it. But if no opportunity arises, then they... You know, they talk about zone coverage or something. <laughs> <laughs> Opportunist. Uh, yeah, I, I catch what you're trying to say. Opportunist. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Taking shots at us. It's all good. <laughs> Let me go to the 510 area code, which I believe is the um, Oakland area, where the home of the world champion Golden State Warriors. Carlos, what's your name? Hey, what's up? This is the other Q, but uh, I guess I'll be Mr. Research today, so that way people don't get confused. <laughs> other Q, what's up, man? Where you been, man? Man, uh, I'm making money, man. I done moved back here uh, to California, so, you know, doing good in the hood. Okay, that's what's up, man. Glad to hear you on again. And, uh, I mean, what's your take on it, other Q? I mean, what makes a person morally stronger than one who was unfaithful? I mean, you know, is it ethics? Is it DNA? What what causes that? Culture, culture, culture. What the what the guy or girl that grows up with a hood mentality is, she suffers, he suffers from not having a lot of culture. Maybe you'll get it in one or 100,000 people, but the majority of us do not have culture. When you look at a lot of other uh, races or cultures, they tell their women, hey, you have to act a certain way. Yes, those ladies still have individualism. You'll get some shady ones irregardless. And the same thing with the boys. But they're primarily taught culture. Boys are taught in other cultures, hey, you are important to the community and to this family. So with that, you have less boys who are fascinated with running after their penis. When black women deal with white guys, for example, they are shocked when the white guys tell them out the gate, no, I'm hollering at you and four other people. Because those white guys are taught early, hey, look, it's all about you. You're the boy. And the same thing with Uh Asians and so on and so forth. So I look at it as culture. And lastly, I look at it on, on the man side, which I do a lot of man stuff. A lot of guys, unfortunately, They're so busy trying to be noble that they forget about themselves. And when they get caught up in situations, they get uncomfortable, and they think having sex is the way out to make them feel like something better. They they don't understand nobility comes down the road after you have humbleness. Okay, okay. I like those answers. Let me see. Crystal, you say you don't quite agree with culture, what you're saying in the chat room? Yeah, that's absolutely ridiculous. I <laughs> mean, because um I have had the benefit of knowing many different kinds of people of all different races. And um I don't think race has anything or their culture or whatever has anything to do with whether or not they go- they're going to cheat. I th- I think it is just a situational thing um cuz we are really not that different from each other. I mean, even with the different set of rules and regulations depending on your culture and or religion or whatever, um, I really don't think that has anything to do with it. It may make one person slow down a little bit as far as um, 
thinking of it, again, like I said before, it has to do with opportunity. If you're not looking for the opportunity, then therefore you're not going to take advantage of the opportunity. And that, I don't think that has anything to do with with your culture. Well, you know what, I, I just wanted to defend, then I go to Ray. I just want to defend my position by saying this, <clears throat> because, you know, doing research now, look at what a bar mitzvah is. A bar mitzvah tells the boy certain rules and regulations of the road. So when she says it's not about culture, when you look at African and bar and Jewish bar mitzvahs, things of that nature, cheating, she's right, can be like a random thing that you do. But we don't do it, they, they don't do it as much in those cultures because it's taught out of them. They're taught to look at other things more dynamic than just that. Yes, she's right that human nature is going to happen, but I would argue that when we speak to some of these great-grandmothers who are Jewish and some of these great-grandmothers who are Mandarin uh, Chinese, they would disagree with her wholeheartedly because history proves that that's what they teach their children out the gate, and that makes them percentage-wise less likely to cheat. Okay. Interesting. Ray, I'll let you give your two cents on it, man. I forgot what the original question was. (laughs) Essentially, uh, what causes a person to cheat, essentially, I guess? Ethics, morals, you know, DNA, what what do you think it is? No, I think it's uh, several different things. I mean, it depends on the situation. depends on the person. I mean, some people, you know, if you had no morals, that could be part of it. Do you think it can be a culture thing? Yeah, it can be a culture thing. I mean, if you grow up and you don't have a father and stuff like that, you don't know how to respect the situation, whether you're a male or you're a female. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when you say Papa was a rolling stone, that's not only for guys, that's for girls as well. So, you know, if a mom was, you know, a horn jump from man to man to man to man, and you never see nothing solid in the house, and you're going to think that's the way to go, whether you male or you female. So it's, it's a lot of things. Some of it can be hereditary. Some of it can be what you grew up environment-wise. And others can just be you just a person that just wants to do what you want to do. Okay. All right. Let me go to the 240 area code, which I believe is in um, the state of Maryland. Caller, what's your name? Hey, this is a Ty from, from the Maryland area. Ty, how's it going? Hey, um, you know what? Culture does play a big part of it, and, and I'm going to throw it out there, and I know it doesn't sound, it's going to sound pretty bad, but I'm going to do it anyway. It doesn't matter. Because the way that African Americans go through the whole courtship process and the way that Caucasian people go through the whole courtship process is completely different. It's a whole different tempo. You got to understand that in the black community, when, when it comes to African Americans, not saying that black women are that much different than Caucasian women. Yes, all women get told that they're beautiful before they're smart. All women, you know, it's always the superficial stuff. But black women are so used to hearing these lines all day, every day, 24-7 consistently, that they don't necessarily allow a lot of time to go by to get to the relationship phase. So if I go to a bar or go wherever, you're not going to have a five-minute conversation with a black woman if she's not interested in you. It's going to be the first 
60 seconds or 120 seconds, and if she's not interested, it's going to be bye, and she's going to move because she's sizing you up just the way you're sizing her up. You're, you know, So as a black man, not saying all of us, we get used to throwing out these lines to every woman we see, whether they're Caucasian, black, whatever. And the line yeah. is going to work on one in three women. You know, so you throw these things, throw these things, throw these things out. But you haven't learned how to really, it takes a while after some years to actually build a relationship. You're so used to going out because you've got this whole thing where it's like hopscotch. I got to jump. If I don't take my turn, I won't get it. So you'll jump into a relationship with somebody. You might not even like them, but you just need to claim that space until something better comes along. Uh, with, right. with Caucasian women, I've had that experience myself. Sometimes it's easier to talk them down because even if they're not interested in you, they'll talk to you for at least two minutes, and that's enough time to talk them down, you know, and, and see if you can't get another chance to close that deal. Okay. Okay. Good stuff, Ty. I actually um, spoke to someone today, and we were discussing. He was telling me about a line that he uses on every woman when he inboxes them on Facebook, and um, his success rate was like 30% which is great when you think about, you know, what he's trying to do. So um, I, I agree with you that some people don't really, they just follow this certain, um, you know, path that gets them what they're looking for. And like you say, when they find something else, they move on to that. So I do think that culture does play a role in it. To what extent, I'm not sure, but I do think they play a role in it. But, um, Buck, let me ask you this. Is telling someone who has been unfaithful multiple times not to cheat, Essentially the same as telling a drug addict to quit doing drugs. Yeah, I mean, you, you you can't tell somebody who's done it not to do it anymore. I mean, once right. you got to send a whole. Well, hold on, hold on, just a moment. The question is, that question is for Buck. Buck, go ahead. You know what? You know that it could be true. I mean, that, there's some truth to that. I mean, sometimes you, you know it almost seems like that if you tell them not to cheat, that almost make them want to cheat sometimes because. Sometimes people don't like to be told what to do, and and you tell them not to do it, they ain't gonna go out there and do it anyway. So sometimes you might want to leave well enough alone and let them see what you're really worth. And when you do that, you know sometimes that you know something clicks off in their head of them, and they'll they'll think about things. Sometimes backing off is better, to, you know, better than to keep pushing to try to make them do make them do something. Okay, so other cue, is it harder to be faithful than it is not to cheat? It's harder to be faithful now because of what I believe, and I think, and I thank those brothers for for agreeing on that cultural aspect. I think it's different for us men than it is women because now, with the liberation of women, what women have decided to tell men across the board, I only want sexy. I don't necessarily want family man. I'll figure the family man out later. And let me prove that. Back in the 1700s, what did they do? They went for stability first. Uh-huh. Now it's all about what makes me excited. Well, now that this culture shift has happened, now you have women making top dollar and things of that nature. It's done what I used to see in Japan back in the 90s. It's creating hookup buddies. And I was amazed when the word hookup came to America. So it is harder to be faithful now because the liberation of women, when they have told men 
all we really care about is the hookup. We'll figure out later if we want the family guy out of you. Well, that means that how they pick now that they're empowered is backwards. So these gentlemen who work out at the gym, got tattoos to look gangster, they're fitting a role. That isn't necessarily who they are. And I'll wrap up by saying this. Look at Vivica Fox. She went after dude after dude who was quote-unquote her type. And she stayed away from the guy that she really needed. Well, a lot of people do that. Guys used to do that when they used to pick big breasts over brains. I just think that it has shifted now. And and because of this women's liberation, they have told men, you don't matter except for your penis. And a lot of dudes are believing it. And it's making the coward become sexy now. Man, that's a very interesting analogy. That's a very interesting analogy. That's a show within itself, Brother Q. I like that. And, Ty, you can chime in, man. Yeah, I was say that's definitely right. Um, when you're younger, you, it used to be the other way around. You learned the survival skills that you needed to learn, and based on, you know, how well kept you were and how skilled you were, you know, you were favored. But now it's about the social skills. You know, women don't want guys who don't have social skills, who don't have that kind of prowess. They want somebody who has that kind of prowess. They're not interested in, in the beginning, a life buddy or any of that stuff. They're just trying to have a good time. And so even, and this is the sad part that I found, it's kind of weird. There are women who will actually denigrate themselves, meaning they'll pick somebody they really don't even like. You really don't like this person, but he doesn't have any moral stature at all. So, therefore, it's easy for her to let herself go because she has no expectations of this guy that's okay. And this is a pathologist out there. So, I mean, I had to break from that, but uh, I had to get to that level. If you want to play at all, you know, you have to play dirty. Okay. All right. I'm jotting some of these notes down. This is going to be a future show. I have to discuss this. And Ray, you want to get in on it, man? Before I go to the next question, man, they 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 pretty much put it down the way it needs to be put down, man. You know, some people really need to hear this blessing tonight. Y'all blessing them, man. You know, because um, <laughs> coming from a different angle, you know, if I put it a certain way, you know, I start offending people and stuff like that. So, you know, I'm glad y'all see how to put the knowledge to people to where they can understand it. Everybody can't do it like that to where it doesn't come across rash or uh, Mm -hmm. just plain rude or whatever the case is. So, I mean, I agree with these guys. I think exactly what they said was was, uh, correct. You know, they just... But, you know, know, maybe the ladies disagree. Yeah, they always going to disagree. That's why they're in the predicament they're in right now. You know what I mean? So they're always going to disagree. See, the mark of a person that truly has intelligence can understand when somebody else intelligent is saying something that they need to hear. And a lot of times women will miss that message because when you get too close to home, they get the personal feelings caught up instead of listening to the blessings. All right. All right. <laughs> so two three four seven two zero two zero two one five is the number. 
on the Talk to Q Radio show, talking about um, being faithful in relationships. But I do want to take um, a, a look at another aspect of relationships, and that's arguing. All right. Um, it's inevitable that two people who are in each other's presence for extended periods of time at some point are going to disagree on something. But, Crystal, let me ask you, can you realistically remove arguing from a relationship, or do you believe it's just a natural part of it? You know, I believe it's a natural part of a relationship. I mean, um, I mean, you can't remove that because, you know, everyone is different. Everybody has their own ideas, and they should have mm-hmm. their own ideas. I mean, um, arguing doesn't necessarily mean that you're at each other's throats, which is a different thing. Uh, it just means that you're in disagreement. I like to call it debating, and um, which is what <laughs> I like to do in relationships as opposed to full-fledged arguing, um, you know, because... You know, you know, it kind of gets out of hand. It gets personal, um, and it depends on what's said in the argument. It goes away from the topic and then moves into things that may have happened months ago, and you're bringing it up again, which is one thing that really annoys me. And yes. um, or it could, you know, you know, then you start making it personal, and you start attacking someone as opposed to dealing with whatever topic that you're talking about. And that can give you a level of how much this person actually loves you or their, you know, violent nature about them, which you should know by the time you start getting into a a real relationship with them. Okay. All right. And Buck, what do you think, man? Do you think that arguing is just a natural part of a relationship or um, does it not have to exist? Well, I mean, for me, I don't like arguing, you know, I like compromise. So my thing is when you argue with me, I'm going to shut you out, you know, because usually (laughs) it's just going to be something that, uh, you know, it's going to be repetitive. Um, You know, you really can't get anything accomplished when you're arguing in the first place. So the best thing to do is kind of remove yourself from that situation, wait till you get calm here so that way you can talk about things, you know, in a better setting than arguing because when you argue with me, I'm just not going to deal with you. You know, I'm going to go somewhere else, do something else, or do whatever. So that way you can talk when you have, you know, calmer heads. But I guess you can say, I don't like to say it's part of a relationship because really and truthfully, I've been in a relationship where there has not been any arguing and everything was just fine. So it just depends on your situation and what your relationship is. If you do the right things, you know, you meet up with the right people and you don't settle, Typically, you don't have any, you know, arguing is something that you may have some disagreements, but it doesn't turn into any arguments. Okay. All right. And so, um, other cue, can arguing be healthy? I mean, can it be good for a relationship if people argue? Arguing is not healthy because arguing is raised voices. A discussion, as Ms. Crystal said, is one where everybody is cool and everybody knows I have the power to go make what I need to happen irregardless of my mate. I would just like my mate involved. An argument happens is when someone's selfishness wants to conform that mate to take part in what they want to take part in 
at their mate's expense. And the mate is a little defensive because they don't necessarily want to go that route at their expense. Mm -hmm. So that's where that comes into play. Let me give you a key example. Uh, You know, I do counseling. So about two weeks ago I had a client. One of them wanted to go on a trip and the other did. But the other one was going to go to support. Well, one turns around and says, well, your part of the bill is going to be this. Person B said, hold on, hold on. I can pay for my own trip. I'm not in a amazement to go on this trip. I thought this was something you wanted to do, and you were going to take care of everything. If that's not the case, let's call it off because that isn't. I'm not looking to spend that type of money for going on a boat. Well, mm-hmm. an argument ensued because it's no longer a discussion now. It's, no, I want you to do what I want you to do. At your expense. That's how, and, and when we look at it, that's how most arguments happen. Is somebody trying to control another individual? And, and even in the case of cheating, as we said about unfaithfulness, you got every right as a person who has been doing right by this man or woman to say, you know what, I'm going to cry foul ball. Uh, if you don't get your act together. We're going to get divorced. We're going to, I'm going to leave, whatever the case may be. Because, like I said, that person understands they have their own power. But uh-huh. when they want to control the other person into operating the way, now we've got a problem. Okay. Good stuff. Is that, like, the cops in your um, area of the queue? I mean, are they chasing the South Carolina shooter or something back there? No, man, I'm in California over here by the water, man, and that was an ambulance. But uh, <laughs> I'm, try, I'm, I'm trying to enjoy this view of the bay while while, while y'all had this conversation. I'm, I call myself out here jogging. Okay, okay. Let me go to the 601 area code in the Magnolia State of Mississippi and bring on Eminem. Eminem, what's happening? Hey, what up, Q? What up, Radio World? Not too much, man. And Eminem, can arguing be healthy for a relationship? Yeah, yeah, it, it can really be helpful. Uh, for one, you know, um, well, I I put it this way: if somebody, if somebody is very open, then I, I guess it wouldn't be necessary. But with a lot of people, you know, um, you know, they tend to be like, you know, struck stuff off, and you kind of figure this more more is bothering them than what they letting on. If that makes any sense, but see, in an argument, whatever the problem is, whether it's legit or not legit, whatever somebody's thinking or you think they're thinking, well, usually that's when you'll find out. But prior to an argument, a lot of times it'll just be, you know, uh, a couple's version of being politically correct, mm-hmm. you know. But if, but if somebody is, you know, is, is got a real concern about an issue or it's, they got a peeve, whether it's something dealing with something as simple as, you know, clothes in the floor or no gas in the car or something real serious, you know, like, you know, like, like you know, you've been on an episode of Maury Povich or something. Whatever the case is, usually the argument is going to bring it out. The argument is like the common denominator of truth. As far as emotion, whatever that person feel like, you know, I mean, it's it's like, but well, it's it's almost you. To me, our argument is like the a universal tool 
uh, to see what a person really thinks. Because when somebody's indifferent, you can tell. When somebody's adamant about something, usually that, that volume get a little bit higher. You know, and then if it's, uh-uh. you know, you put uh-huh. a bunch of ignorant uh-huh. people together, where well, usually going to turn to a fight. Right. Okay, okay. I think that um, some people think it's healthy. I, I guess it depends on what you consider an argument. If you're talking about elevated voices, yelling, name-calling, things of that nature, I don't think it's healthy at all. As far as uh, what may some people may call a debate, where you're actually issuing out facts to try to prove your point rather than just being emotional, then um, I think that's fine because you kind of grow from that. Um you know, I was married for 10 years, and I can probably count the arguments I had on, on my fingers if I were Nightcrawler and I only had three fingers. Uh, we just didn't do it. You know, even when we had a disagreement, we would settle it right then and sometimes just agree to disagree and come to a compromise, but it's just something we just didn't do. And uh, I think it just depends on the, the person or, or the couple as far as their temperament uh, when it comes to arguing. But uh, and, 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 and Q, I, Q, I agree. I haven't had one in fifteen years, so I understand exactly what you said. Okay, okay. <laughs> and Ray, let me ask you this, man. Um, yeah. I mean, are, if you do have an argument, is it best to settle it before you go to bed, or is it okay to go to sleep on it? I mean, when should it be resolved? Because you have some people that tell you never go to bed angry because you might not wake up. Oh. You know, it all depends on what it is. I mean, you know, I I agree. I agree with my cousins. I think that um, arguing arguments can bring about a lot of understanding. But it's just all about how you do it. I mean, you arguing, you know, every other day. That's the problem. But every once in a while, you have to get uh, issues out on the table. Now. If you, like like my man just said, he ain't arguing 15 years. I mean, you can't say all for nothing. But if a guy didn't argue in 15 years, either he or her usually or generally are going to have something pent up. And if they get really pissed off, all that shit going to come out over the 15 years. And... Like I say, you can't say all for nothing. I'm not in a relationship or nothing like that. But that's how I see it. I feel like sometimes you have to talk things out. I mean, you don't have to turn it violent and stuff like that. I mean, as I got older, I was able to deal with things better. And then if you argue with an intelligent person, you can get an understanding. But, you know, you get some females, and, you know, they want to take it to a higher level, like they want to throw things and jump on you and stuff like that. And, you know, I was always a guy. I wasn't going for none of that. You know, I don't care. You call the police or whatever the case is. You're going to understand you can't fuck over me. And, you know, as I got older, I got to understand how to deal with things better to where, okay, it's not going to, you know, it never should have to get to a point to where, you screaming so loud, somebody else got to call the cops and stuff like that. I think that's right. going too far. As far as just talking about issues, it's okay to argue. I think you get a good understanding when you argue, you know. But you got to come out of the argument with an understanding. You just mouth it on just to mouth off, or you saying something that you can't take back. 
you know, like, you know, I don't like your mama or something like that. You can't take that back. So I think people just need to think when they say stuff and don't try to say hurtful things just to win the argument because them the words is going to stick. Okay. All right. Well, let me take a quick break, people, and hear from one of my sponsors, and then we'll wrap up this topic and move on to the next one. You're listening to the Talk to Q Radio Show. No experts, just opinions. He roams the northern wilderness without benefit of a coat. He can stop a speeding train single-handedly. He can dribble a medicine ball. And yes, he can slam a revolving door. He is the most exasperating man in the world. I don't always listen to music, but when I do, I prefer blue-collar glomeration whose music is available on all sites and apps. Stay rocking, my friends. Get your browser on here for IE, Firefox, Chrome, Safari. Get on it. Get on the Crystal Show right now. I am Crystal Hickerson, and I would like to welcome you all to the Crystal Show. There's too many free meals out here, folks. Hey, look, let me pick something. I want the cheddar biscuits. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it's going to be cool. It's going to be nice. We're going to talk. We're going to get real down and dirty. Hi, guys. My name's Bessie. You're on the Crystal Show. I didn't call for you to make fun of me. I, 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 I I'm not, I'm not laughing at you. I'm laughing with you and a little bit at you. People say, well, don't talk about religion and politics. I say, right. yes, talk about it. Talk about it because what do you want to go to a boring cocktail party? <laughs> I don't like her. I mean, how how old are we? What grade are we in? One man, American crime wave. Because the feds knew. Y'all might have to come back because that's going to be a whole different show altogether. That's what I'm talking about. All right. All right. Make some noise. 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 And where where I just asked Ray about um, our arguments settled best before going to bed, or should you sleep on it? And I'll throw the same question to you, Ty. What do you think, man? Is our arguments best to go ahead and handle it and make sure it never happens again, or is it okay to let it linger for a while? Uh, I mean, you gotta have that confrontation out there. And in arguments, the thing about the weirdest thing about it is, is that women have a long-term memory and they have a short-term memory. I mean, we all do, but they have a particular one. They'll remember something you did for a long time, and if you don't confront that issue and get it out there and have that battle out there, then it's not resolved. Nothing moves forward. Um, early in a relationship, if you don't have those fights at certain times, like, I mean, in the beginning, everything's lovey-dovey, but you got to have a fight at some point because – then she may have an issue and feel like, 
well, this guy's doing everything great. Do I want to bring this up? Do I not? And then she doesn't feel comfortable. She feels like maybe you're being too nice or maybe, you know, something's wrong with her that she feels wrong Mm -hmm. about you. And she's scared to get it out there because you won't fight back. So you got to, it culturally is different. You know, with black women, you got to kind of just go at it, you know. So, yeah, you got to get those things out there. Okay. And my thing is, I, now, I prefer to do it before going, you know, to take care of it as soon as possible. I realize some people get so amped up, they can't really talk right then. You know, they got to cool off a little bit. Um, as long as we talk about it. I think if it's ignored or if you just choose to just, yeah, ignore it and think that it's going to go away, it's never going to go away. It's always going to come back at some point if you don't fix it. And uh, so I, I just I can't be in a situation where I have someone who doesn't believe in fixing problems. They just let it linger, 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 because that's just too stressful to deal with. And, and, and you know, it's too much trouble. Um, just makes for an unhappy relationship. All right. Uh, I want to move on. This is something I came across completely changing gears here. But, you know, here on T2Q, things are random, but they're relevant what's going on in the world. And, you know, every year, especially in the hot summer months, dogs suffer and die from being trapped in parked cars. Now, even on an 80-degree day, the temperature inside of a parked car can reach as high as 120 degrees. Now, on a day like today here in Mississippi, when the heat index was 101, the temperature inside of a car can reach over 160 degrees in just 10 minutes. The amount of time it takes the average person to run to the bank to make a deposit or to grab something to eat at a convenience store. So, Crystal, I will start with you. What would you do if you saw a dog in a parked car with the windows up on a hot day? Do you mind your business? Do you actually say something? Um, What do you do? Well, um, I guess I would probably say something. If I saw someone around, like, um, like if there's like security in the area driving around, like at the mall, then I would probably flag them down to let them know that this is what's happening so they could go take care of it. Um, I think if it was a baby, it would be a little more stringent. If I didn't find someone, I would go inside and try to find, you know, security inside. Hey, a dog is somebody's baby sometimes. Yeah, the way, I know. The way things are these days. And Buck, know, what about you, true. man? You see a dog, you know, in a car, windows up. It's really hot outside. What, what's your response? Buck? Yeah, you did say okay. that. Okay, I couldn't. Yeah, what's, what's um, your response, man? Man, my thing is, if the, the dog, regardless, the dog should be in. If the dog is in the car, and the glasses whirled up, the car better be running. Um, because of me, I would have to say something. I would, and it's just, it's just, you know, like you said, say something mean, to who? Some people, like you said, I mean, um, people, dogs sometimes are their kids as well. So you have to find somebody, whether it be security or something, to, you know, or go in and have it announced on the intercom that you need to come out and check your car or whatnot. 
because it's, it's just too hot. I mean, the heat indices down here today were 105, so I would not want to see my animal. You know, that could take an animal out quick. It could take a kid out quick. So, I mean, bottom line of it is, if it's this hot, you don't need to be riding your dog around anyway. That dog needs to be somewhere, you know, either in a nice, cool place at home or something, but not out in the car riding around, not unless you're going to take the dog out and take him in the store with you or whatnot. It's just, I mean, you can't put the animal into a situation where, you know, they could possibly die. All right, so Ray, I mean, Ray, currently only 16 states have laws on the books that prohibit leaving dogs in parked cars. And only 14 of those grant permission for law enforcement to enter a vehicle to save a dog. Now, there's some some states that are flirting with the idea of allowing civilians to enter vehicles as well. How would you feel if a civilian broke your window in order to save a pet trapped inside of a, your hot vehicle? Um, I, I wouldn't have a problem with it. I mean, if you do something like that, you got to take what comes along with it. You can't uh, have a dog in the car and then somebody cracks the window. Then you turn around and say, well, what happened? And a dog can barely breathe when they drag him out of there. I mean, you just got to hope you don't go to jail behind that. I mean, I don't understand, you know, what's to deal with leaving anything in the car. I mean, even when I shop, man, if I got something that's cold or it's going to melt or whatever, you got to take your ass home. You can't go nowhere else. <laughs> you got, you know, you got ice cream or something in there, or cake or, or whatever the deal is, or even meat, you got to take that stuff home and put it in the refrigerator, then do whatever else you need to do. Not, you know, going to the store, you got kids in the car, and, I mean, it's been some bad cases. You know, I'm not a, a dog lover like that, and I just want to stand up for dogs. But dogs are are living creatures, too. They need to have somebody stand up for their rights. And you can't just put a dog in the car and it's hotter in the car than it is the microwave and think that's going to be all right and say, oh, I didn't realize it. What are you going to say? There's nothing you can say because the dog was barking or had your attention before you got out of the car. Ain't like you didn't know the dog was in the car. Ain't like you didn't know the kid was in the car. So I think they have to crack down on stuff like this to prevent things in the future from continuing to happen, you know. And like I say, your woman in America, you get away with anything. Your dog in the car, kid in the car, you know, they slap them on the wrist a little bit, but at the same time, they need to have laws on the books that, you know, you get automatic life or whatever the case is when you do stuff like that because they die a slow, painful, suffering death when they couldn't breathe. Okay. And, um, yeah, and we're going to get into the penalty of it aspect of it as well, but other Q, I'll get your opinion. I mean, you're okay if someone breaks your window out, if you have a pet in there and the windows are rolled up? You're, you're not going to no, trip sir. over that? No, sir. Until they pass laws that make it more strenuous, this is why we need regulation on humans, because humans just don't give a hell. I saw one a couple of weeks ago, a little teeny tiny toy dog. It had to be 90 out there. I was high. And it had a little, little slither of a crack, and I was like, you know what? Go let that dog do what it do, because just like my man said, 
that person shouldn't have brought them out the house. They got a nice big backyard or apartment. Why even have them in the car? That's irresponsible. But the minute you try to save that dog, then we have a problem. Let me also leave you with this. Uh, Ten years ago, eh, probably more than that, I used to work at a veterinary on the weekend. You had people who their dog would get hit or they gave their dog chocolate, which you can't give or whatever. Now they have a problem. They're facing a three, $4,000 surgery or a $160 euthanization. Guess what those loving pet parents would pick? That $160. So until we pass laws to make parents of these pets more accountable, they don't care how they treat these pets because they know they got a $160 bailout. And, and you know, even, even look at the urban male. He treats his dog better than he does his own son. Yeah, true. All right. Uh, I, 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 you're, you're right about that as far as how some people respond. And, and, and Ty, let me ask you this, all right, since the consensus is, as far, well, as far as Ray is concerned, he says he understands why a civilian may break a window out. But, Ty, in some states, if a civilian breaks a window out to save a pet, they still get charged with vandalism. Uh, do you agree with that? Should they be charged of anything for trying to save a pet? Or do you think that, um, you know, they should be able to go free because they essentially saved a life? I think that here's the thing. Some people are more emotional than others, and they'll look at the dog in the car, and they'll be like, oh, well, he must have been in there forever. Oh, my God. And they'll break the window, you know, because their hearts are all bleeding and all the other stuff. Um, me personally, I don't really drive animals around. I, I've had, I had dogs growing up, but we treated dogs <laughs> like dogs. You know, they uh-huh. were close to the family, but we treat them like dogs. So when you say, okay, he's in the car, I can understand you, you need to take the dog to on an errand with you, and then you end up leaving him in the car for an hour or whatever, and it's hot out. That That is abuse. But you have some people, let's say the dog was only in the car for two minutes. They may react to that and bust the window. Now, if that dog doesn't have any signs, any, like, signs of distress or anything like that, you've got a broken window because someone overreacted because they thought the dog was going to die. Yeah. So, I mean, it's just like a human. If uh, you can commit, you can do a citizen's arrest on a person, but the difference between you and a law enforcement officer is you have to see that crime happen and the evidence of it had to be there. Okay. And Eminem, what's your take on it, man? If you feel like a person should be punished if they break a window out to save an animal? Um, well, here's here's my thing. It's 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 rare there's a situation where calling nine one one, if you couldn't just get like some personnel of you know wherever the the, the public area is, but uh, um, and if it's in somebody's yard or something like that, I think it'll be more appropriate then. But if it's in a business or public place, a commercial place, McDonald's or something like that, you know. Nah, don't bust the window. Just tell the manager and have somebody to call the police or something like fire department or some shit like that. Same thing they would do with, you know, when in any pretty much distressful situation. But now if it's some, if it's somewhere that's different, you know, um, maybe a rural area or something like that, and the animals in the car, well, 
that indicates more that the animal's been left for a long time because it ain't gonna be nobody. You don't even remotely see nobody around because it's not that type of thing. So, yeah. Um, but uh, but I, what I what I want to to, to to mention on the first part of the dog topic is if animals left in the car, where's Peter at? Where, where are all these Michael Vick haters at? You know. Uh, a dog suffocating from heat is just as bad as, as getting fought. You know, dogs naturally fight, actually. But, you know, I, I just, just wanted to throw that out there. I hate to see people, you know, when somebody got some money or something like that, everybody want to make a big issue. But, you know, um, obviously this is a uh, a situation pretty much across the nation when people are leaving pets in the car. So, Where's Peter at now? So I'm calling Peter out. All them people who were burning Michael Vick jerseys and shit, where you at now? You know, burn, burn them, you know, what you going to do when it's the average Joe out there? Nothing. That was a problem the whole time. You don't love dogs like that. Okay. All right. And, um, Crystal, back to you on the final question on this. Uh, what should be the penalty for someone who leaves their pet in a hot vehicle? I mean, what's a realistic penalty? Well, um, I guess it could be variable depending on what happens to the pet. Um, I would say fines and maybe if the you know, pet dies or something, maybe they could face some sort of jail time. I mean, that could be a deterrent. Of doing it, uh, you would think that by purchasing a dog and you know raising it, that that would be a deterrent enough. But um, but people think I'm just going to run in and just like with the children, they think that I'm just going to run in and come back out. But um, so yeah, I think they should get a fine, you know, some sort of misdemeanor, and then if the pet dies, then some sort of um, possible jail time. Okay. All right. So, uh, Ray, you're the show enforcer, so i got to ask you, I mean, you agree with that as far as what the penalty should be? Um, you know, yeah. I mean, well, it depends on, you know, what exactly happened to the animal. But if you were to do it and the animal left in the car, say, longer than five minutes, I think you should get a year for every minute the dog was in the car. Oh, wow. And now, okay. So now that is a deterrent for people to stop doing stuff like that, you know, because I'm not for, you know, riding dogs around in cars and all that anyway. But if that's what people want to do, you're responsible for that dog, just like you are responsible for anybody else who can't be responsible for themselves like a child or something like that. So uh-huh. if you jump out and run out and get in the store and start talking to somebody, Meanwhile, the dog can't hardly breathe and you don't have no water and stuff like that. Children and animals, in order for you to have them, you have to be able to take care of them correctly. So if your money's short and you ain't got enough dog food or you ain't got enough air and you ain't got enough water and stuff like that, you shouldn't have no pets. So that shouldn't be an excuse. So if something were to happen, you got to accept the responsibility. I think if they did that, and it was a straight low across the board, so it ain't no, well, this person got this, but then you didn't get that straight low across the board. 
everybody will get the message, and I think we will see some of that stuff get cleaned up all over the country. Okay. All right. I appreciate that, man. We're going to take uh, one more break before the final thoughts. And um, so about two and a half minute break, and we'll be right back with the final thoughts and talk about something President Obama said today. Clear clutter, clear your mind. A new ebook highlights the benefit of adopting a minimalist lifestyle. The frenzied materialistic quest for even more possessions, which many people engage in, is nothing more than a relic from an earlier episode in American history, and most of us would be happier and healthier by distancing ourselves from that quest and adopting a simpler lifestyle. That is the central message of true minimalism. Lifestyles of the Now, a new ebook which appropriately launched on June 5th in preparation for the United Nations World Environment Day. The ebook's author, Carrie Harris, explores the nature of minimalism and explains how adopting a minimalist lifestyle can benefit anyone affected by the stress of contemporary life as well as allowing people to make a significant contribution to the well-being of others both in the immediate neighborhood and in the world. Harris explains how today's preoccupation with materialism contributes to a physically and mentally unhealthy environment and demonstrates how such approaches as prioritizing quality over quantity of possessions, seeking items which can be used for multiple purposes, and implementing a more minimalist lifestyle can deliver an improved quality of life and help people to be not only healthier and happier, but also more creative and productive in their everyday lives. Carrie Harris is also the author of The Guide to Financial Success Using PR and co-founder of SNH Public Relations, which is dedicated to raising the profile of talented, up-and-coming independent artists whose work is often overlooked. He believes that the time is now for people to focus on what is really important in their lives without the distraction of unnecessary clutter around them. He says... American life is changing and old materialistic ways are no longer relevant or even healthy or wise. Living with unnecessary clutter has been shown to stress both the body and the mind. People can improve their health and the quality of their lives by freeing themselves of items that do not serve any useful purpose or have any sentimental value. True Minimalism Lifestyle of the Now is available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, iTunes, Google Store, and more. For media contact, Tasha Matt, that's T-A-U-S-H-A, Matt, visit www.snhpr.com, email info at snhpr.com, or call 323-515-2675. All right, and my thanks to Carrie Harris. Uh, True Minimalism is the sponsor of tonight's final thoughts. Uh, Before we get to final thoughts, there isn't a show tomorrow. You know, I normally do the show on Tuesdays and Wednesdays. I did it tonight because tomorrow is my father's 74th birthday. And um, it's also Buck's father's 73rd birthday. I might have to holler at him. So um, I'll be spending time with the old man tomorrow. But I'll be back on Wednesday at 10 p.m. Eastern discussing the term hood rich which means you look like you're balling out of control, but you're broken in a wristwatch in Bruce Bruce's back pocket. Why do so many of us live above our means just to impress others? 
Wednesday, 10 p.m. Eastern, on the Talk to Q radio show. No experts, just opinions. Go to TalkToQ.com for more show information. All right, final thoughts. There was a quote from President Obama today that just pretty much took D.C. by storm, and I'm going to play it for you. Racism. We are not cured of. Clearly. Uh, and, and, and it's not just a matter of... Uh, it not being polite to say nigger in public, that's not the measure of whether racism still exists or not. It's not just a matter of overt discrimination. We have to, Societies don't overnight completely erase everything that happened two to three hundred years prior. All right. President Obama drops the N-word and everyone's head at Fox News explodes. Elizabeth Hasselbeck suggested that she's worried now that he's going to say it during the State of the Union address just to try to add some shock value and everything. So when you give your final thoughts tonight, you can chime in on that if you want. But uh, give your final thoughts on uh, being faithful in relationships, um, arguing in relationships, if you have something to say about the dogs being left in the cars, whatever you want to kind of get the last word in on, as well as President Obama dropping the N-word then you have um, the reign to do so. So, Ty, I'll start with you, man. I appreciate you chiming in from Maryland. Go ahead and give your final thoughts. Um, I think that, you know, Obama chose that word for a reason, and um, he's trying to get across to America that, you know, there is an issue. This isn't just something we say every day. This is not just something else that happened in the news. This is a serious issue. Um, whether you believe it or not. And like you said, you know, this is something systemic that's been going on for a long time. We've been working on it, and it's something you got to keep working on. But these recent incidents or that have happened have been very serious, and he's trying to set them apart from every other claim because if you don't put that shock value in it, what they'll do is they'll overcloud it with a distraction. Oh, you know, 10 black people got shot in Chicago over here. Blah, 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 blah. No, which he's making very clear what we're talking about. Okay. Okay. Any thoughts on the other topics? Um, as far as the dog situation, that's the only other thing is, is that, you know, if that dog is left in the car and, and he suffers, you know, once the authorities are there and they assess, because, you know, sometimes they'll assess, sometimes they'll let it go. But if they find signs of trauma, then, yes, you need to be held accountable. Um, but if they don't, they I think they should find you. Even if they don't, they should find you. Okay. All right. Well, I appreciate it, man. Um, nice to have you join the show. Go to TalkToQ.com and keep up with this man or follow me on Twitter. And I'd love to have you back on. Thank you. All right. Other Q, give your final thoughts, bro. All right. When it comes to Obama, uh, it's simply this. He had to say it like that for um, the reason that going into history, look at it for the long, for the, for the longevity uh, part, going into history, if these things keep happening on into history, there will be some courageous president, which adds to his legacy, who would have said that, hey, just by you not saying the N-word in public doesn't mean that you're off the list of being racist. What goes on in your head, you got this fear. You know, I, I talk with uh, white folks a lot because I'm the only black guy at my company. 
And I, I said, you know what, what was, what's really funny is Indians don't even like y'all. And y'all help them come over here to take your jobs. But you're more concerned about us. That's amazing to me. So with that with that mentality, I think Obama is really challenging them all to be like, what are you considering racist now? Because that, that pendulum has moved. Uh, right. As far as the relationships, uh, somebody reached out to me on Facebook. They heard the show. They said, uh, how did I do this 15 years? I live a 60-40 relationship. What that means is I take on as much of the relationship needs from a man's standpoint as possible to where she doesn't have to do too much. I also use something that a lesbian taught me years ago. (laughs) Romance the hell out your girl. If she starts tripping, remove the romance out of her life. It will be like a sickness came over her stomach, and that has held true. I romance a girl to death. I take 40 bucks out of out of every paycheck to make sure that I do something for this girl, whether it's some exotic perfume or what have you. And the key thing is I try to make her girlfriends jealous. Every time she goes around her girlfriends, I want her to be able to say, oh, Girl, I don't worry about that. You take care of that. Girl, what's that perfume? Oh, that's something cute, boy. He won't tell me what it is. Girl, I like that block. You know what? You got this for me. So that way, when an argument happens, hey, 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 lady, I don't want to hear all that. Talk to me with some common sense. We we, we cool. You know, uh-huh. tell me what you need, but all that yelling I, I don't do. So she's like, okay, well, you know, because she knows I will remove that romance, and you will go back to being a basic chick. Okay, all right. I appreciate it, man. Always good to have you on. I'm glad you're back in the mix. Don't be a stranger. All right, let me move on to Buck. All right. Um, Great show tonight, as always, as far as relationship goes, as far as um, being faithful. You have to make sure that, you know, there, there are different reasons when people make mistakes um, but at the same time as long as you're doing the right things and you make sure you come you know communication is the most the ultimate thing and I always say that all the time communication is key don't run from issues um, when you run from issues that that causes problems as well so you know make sure you communicate don't run from anything face face your problems face your mistakes therefore you know you can grow together and, you know, hopefully you don't repeat the same mistakes. As far as um, as far as President Obama goes, I didn't agree with the, the DNA part of the what he said. However, I think what he was really trying to really trying to address here is that this is something that needs to be talked about. Um, there's been, a, it's been you know, this country almost based on racism, you know, from the from the onset, from you know, taking out the American Indians and taking the land from them. And so forth. So this is an issue that needed to be talked about in you know in the first place. We're in 2015, so we shouldn't even be talking about this shit to begin with. So I think he's just trying to you know basically stir you know stir up the debate, get get people talking about it. Um, this is something that needed to be talked about, and it's something that we have to deal with on a day to day basis. And it's it's just high time for the shit to end. It's talk. 
it's definitely not in pe- people's DNA. But you know, this is something that's taught, and we need to stop teaching it. So therefore, we can grow. But we got to start somewhere. Somebody got to start the start the conversation. And um, you know, after listening to it and listening to you know people talk about it, you know, he's got people talking. So um, will it make him look bad? Possibly. But at least he's doing, you know, he did something to get people talking about it. Um, other than that, everybody have a great night. All right. Thank you, sir. I just wonder if that's all people are going to talk about. I mean, I don't know. We'll see how it works out. Ray, give your final thoughts, man. Yeah, um, with, with the Obama speaking on the N-word, I think, you know, there's nothing wrong with that because the N-word is used every day by all nationalities and all races. So, you know, I really didn't have a problem with it. And I think the point he want to get across is he want people to understand that just because you believe in that, you don't want to use the word that you're not a racist or you don't have racist feelings. And I think that, you know, it's opening some people's eyes. I mean, it's pissing some people off because they really got to face it. But Racism is never going to get better until everybody looks at the situation for what it is. And I mean not just whites, but blacks as well. You know, if you feel a certain way because you don't agree with somebody's thinking, and it's not necessarily whites don't like blacks because they're black. It's how you act. It's like blacks don't dislike some whites because they're white. It's the way that they think and the way that they act. And we want to understand it on our side, but we don't want to understand it on their side. Uh-huh. And you have to be able to clean all of it up and then come to the table with clean hands and say, how can we make this better? Because, you know, uh, you know, if you're white, more than likely you're going to make more money, you're going to have a better job, you're going to have more opportunity. And it's going to be that way until this race thing gets itself under control. I mean, we've been in I don't know how many generations now, and it's still not under control. So the president has to say something. He probably been the first president in history to drop the N-word in public. Yeah. So... That, and I noticed you said in public. <laughs> in public. Yeah, you know George Washington was making it all day. But, you know, in public. So, you know, I'm glad he was able to open up eyes as far as relationship goes. You know, it's um, a thing of you just have to know yourself and know what you want. And you have to be mature and true to what you want. It's easy to say, well, let me look around, let me talk to this person, let me get all the numbers I can get and all this and that. I mean, I I, I know how it is dating. I know how it is being married. So when you get married, I think you, you have to be ready to let all that shit go and be serious. When you're dating, dating is, you know, it is what it is, you know. You have really no real commitment in dating, so you can pretty much do what you want. But if you want to be the guy that you proclaim to be, I think you should be true to the woman that you're dating. But, you know, that's just my thoughts. Uh, as far as leaving a dog in the car, you know, people shouldn't do it. I mean, I'm not 
a crazy animal lover, but at the same time, you shouldn't torture animals. And if you're leaving an animal in the car, you will torture the animal, so you should be punished for that. But it's a great show, great topic, and we get ready for some zone coverage. You know, some people don't care for it, but that's what you got to dial tone for. <laughs> All right, I appreciate it, Ray. And Eminem? Oh, man, great show, uh, great variety. I love the variety. Um, I give my comments on the, uh, uh, what, why is it so hard to be faithful or whatever. Uh, I said it before a couple of times, uh, you know, it's pretty simple. Uh, uh, with, with a with a large percentage of males, you know, now females they they have different issues, so I don't know. But uh, with males, a lot of time, you know, like I said, if a, if a guy, you know, don't have a lot of extra money, well, you know, you pretty much know what he's gonna do. He's gonna, you know, go to work and come home, you know. But uh, that summer gun's back pocket starts sticking out a little bit. And he got a little bit. He can, you know, take care of the house and. You know, still go tap something young and shit, you know, where it might be a little more temptation for Brother John. But, you know, um, but, you know, that's each one is, you know, own scenario or whatever. Um, The, you know, the the pet thing and stuff, man, it's just like, well, number one, my thing is, you know, where's your pet when you're at work? You know, where's your pet when you're, you know, out on the town or whatever. So if you got to run an errand or do something, just leave the damn dog at the house or wherever you keep him at. Just leave him there. You know, that, that'll that solve 99% of it. You know, you don't have to have the pet with you. You know, you can easily just leave them in the backyard or in your house, wherever the hell they at, just leave them there, you know. I've been raising dogs all my life, and not one time I hauled a dog anywhere, you know. Because, uh, you know, uh, somebody, one of the guests said it earlier, you know, you know, you, you 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 love your dogs, but a dog wasn't a human. You know, a dog was a damn dog, you know. So uh, if I got to go somewhere, you know, your ass is chained up. You know, and I'm making sure you're secure because I don't want nobody saying my dog bit somebody and all this shit when I'm gone. But, you, you know, you don't have to worry about him dying in the truck. Um, the president, <laughs> well, I, um, I know exactly what he was doing and everything, but... Um, you know, yeah, I, I think I did, it was intentional. Yeah, it it was, but the downside of it is that you know, it, it, it was it was appropriate as far as getting people to 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 honestly talk about it. You know, too many times when race come up, it's kind of like an ugly word, and people feel like, well, if you're not in a cotton field, what's your damn problem, or some shit like that. But it's much deeper than that. And that's where he really. It's trying to open up dialogue to just, you know, just have an open discussion so the country can move forward. Well, however, uh, a lot of people who feel that they don't have the privilege to say the word, even in an analogy, is going to be focusing strictly on the word, and that was not what the intention was. The intention was opening up a dialogue of, you know, for all Americans to talk about, not just talking about race, but, you know, like, Let's get it out there, like you know, like Ray said, and then let's figure out how we can all move forward. You know, like just having a a, a good, healthy nationwide discussion on it. You know, kind of like 
the sweater. You know, I said the sweater was was blue and black. Somebody said it was gold and white. I mean, that type of shit. If we talk about race like that, seriously talk about it across the nation, well, you start seeing some serious changes um, after, you know, a couple of generations die off, it'll damn near probably be eradicated. But it has to start. It has to start now, you know, and that's okay. kind of what he was wanting to get. So, um, but, you know, will it, will, will that happen? I seriously doubt it. Uh, because, number one, everybody has to realize it's an issue and really want to address it. So, uh, Okay. Yeah. All right. I appreciate that, man. Crystal, before oh, I one more, you, one more thing. One more thing, Q. Hold, hold on. Just a moment, Eminem. Uh, well, I had to call it from the 438. Looks like they dropped okay. out of the host queue. Go ahead. Go ahead, Eminem. Oh, I was going to say for the for the people that's new to the show, well, well, one thing that will solve anything with a relationship is legalizing Bill 1313. Now, if the president <laughs> say that, man, I'm going to take off to the moon and back, literally. So, yeah, y'all have to <laughs> listen to a couple of Talk to Q shows. You'll know what 1313 means. What do we get for $10? <laughs> All right. Let me go to Crystal before I go to you. I appreciate the Eminem. Let me go to the four three eight area code, which is um, I'm not sure where this area code is. Caller, where are you calling from? I'm calling all the way from Montreal, Canada. Montreal, Canada. Okay. And um, what's your name? My name is Stanley. I'm calling about the, the subject why being faithful is so hard. Um. I think it, it, it's very hard for a lot of men to be faithful. Well, first of all, if we're going to be honest, is it really in our nature to be faithful? Because back in the days, if we look at generation and everything, it was normal for a man to have two wives or two things like that. So we look at the Bible, we look at different places and everything. It was normal. The only thing that came out to be faithfulness and everything was just, I think, a lot of women who push the attitude of you have to be faithful, you have to be this. If you're not faithful, you're not in a great relationship. And I'm sorry, we don't have that problem as men. Men could be sleeping with 20 women and have no feeling for them at all and have one <laughs> woman she has a feeling with. And we have no problem saying that. And we never, and when women can't have the same reaction as we do when it comes to sleeping with a man. So uh, faithfulness is harder because we have more time to travel, we have Facebook, we have Twitter, we have more distraction compared to back in the days. And, and men have a lot more possibility. Don't forget, there's two women, or even three women for one man. So, uh, it, it's a lot more competition. So when I when I hear uh, when you're in a great relationship, you're supposed to be faithful. No, yeah, when you're in a great relationship, both parties are still supposed to work to work what they need to work so that they don't lose the other person. I feel like a lot of people, once they get married or once they go in a relationship, they take the other person for granted, men or women. And they think that, okay, I have him lock him out. I have him in, in, in the cage. He's not going to see anybody. No, no. Women or men should always have in their mind, there's always maybe something better or something better outside. If I want to keep my man or if I want to keep my woman, I need to work at it. I need to treat her well every day. I need to make her feel special every day because as a human being, she has the right to go get the best or he has the right to go get the best. Sure. And that's something that we don't 
talk about. We make it sound like cheating and this is bad. No, it, it forces people to look at it and say, look, if I want to keep this man, I got to bring my A game. Same thing as a man. If I'm going to keep this woman, I got to bring my A game. And if you're not ready to do that, do not be surprised that the man or the woman will cheat on you. Okay. I appreciate that, Stanley. Stanley says, cheating breeds healthy competition. <laughs> and Stanley, you've called here before, haven't you? I think you've called yeah, this I show called before. before. Okay, yeah, I, I thought before. so. I thought so. All right, I appreciate you chiming in all the way from up, up there in Canada and what, Montreal, I believe. All right, Crystal, shut it down for me, please. Oh, I want to mention this before you do, Crystal. In the chat room, Bubba from the backwoods said, it's hard for me to be faithful because she's still married. (laughs) 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 Oh, man. Okay. (laughs) I've been laughing at that for about five or ten minutes now. Crystal, shut it down for me. All right. Um, well, good show, good topics, and I think everybody's um, just basically said everything that I was going to say um, in different ways. So um, I look forward to the next show on Wednesday. Okay, you're not standing up for zone coverage. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I love you too. <laughs> Appreciate that. Okay, well, that's going to do it for the Talk to Q radio show tonight. I appreciate everyone who chimed in. Great show. So my thanks to all of you. Um, my thanks to my sponsors, searchforithere.com, Exasperating Man, liquidlifedrops.us, and the book True Minimalism by Carrie Harris, available on Amazon. Thanks to my show legends, callers, tweet chatters, and Facebookers for participating on tonight's show. The upcoming show schedule can be found at talktheq.com. Go there, and there's a calendar that I need to update, but you can keep up with what's coming up um, with future shows. If you want to hear previous shows, then subscribe to me on iTunes or Stitcher Radio and get caught up. Have a good night. For those not into sports, peace out. For everyone else, it's time for some zone coverage. Right after a break. I'm Will Robertson. This is the Daily Scream. Ah, here we go. Now, when I was a kid, my parents moved us from Chicago to Central California, and they didn't have a plan. So when we got to California, we wound up staying in a motel for months. After a while, my parents got to run the motel, and it had some obvious perks. Clean towels, unlimited toilet paper, and if we wanted to feel like we were on a vacation, we could just get a room. But the downside was it was in a bad area of town. I mean, it was a hotbed for funky and sometimes illegal visitors. Come on, where's the best place to commit a crime? And they clean up after you. A motel. I know what you're thinking. Why are you telling us this, Will? Because, see, my parents helped get this place back into law and order with the help of the police. But recently, the Supreme Court has passed a measure that says that police can no longer ask to see the register of who's checked in. Oh, this is in California. So here's the rub. How about we let the cops do their work and stop treating them like criminals? Let them do their job. But hey, next time you're on a crime spree, head to California. Check into a hotel and crime it up. Just ask for extra maid service when you check out. Get my cartoons at willsays.com. Hey, what up, Q? What up, Radio World? We got something to prove tonight. 
Topics, but um, I don't want to go too long on this. So, um, everyone with me? Yeah, I'm here. All right, all right. So, we'll go ahead and break down the the NBA Finals. You know, the NBA Finals um, ended. What was it last Tuesday? So, uh, was it last Tuesday? Uh, I believe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't. I don't think we really got a chance to just really break it down and, and discuss what happened. Um, unless my memory's just fading on me. Did we talk about it Wednesday? I'm trying to remember. No. I don't think we did. Uh, All right. So, yeah. Golden State won four games to two. Uh, I mean, just overall, just give your final thoughts on how the series, if you if you enjoyed the series or not. Um, did you think Iguodala deserved an MVP? And um, what do you think happens with Cleveland going forward? And the issues with their coach and Ray, I'll start with you. Yeah, yeah, we 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 all uh, we talked about it. We can always talk about it some more. I thought we I did mean, talk about it. Yeah. Yeah, but um, you know, um, Eagle Dollar did a good job. You know, with the series, he made a lot of big plays. I believe Steph Curry was the MVP. Twenty six, six and five, forty five percent from the field. That's enough to get you MVP. It shouldn't be about moral victories and, you know, because somebody did well. To me, MVP is supposed to be who was the, the most valuable player, the best player. And, you know, I think Steph took the defense with him a lot. And, you know, he still made plays and he could have done things Especially better. Especially in the fourth but, quarter. Yeah. So, you know, I think he should have got the MVP. As far as Cleveland goes, and you know, like I'm, like I said before, you know, everybody want to say they were at a disadvantage, but all I'm hearing about is they got two of the top 15 free agents in Moscow and and Thompson. So, you know, they they they, they loaded over there. They loaded without uh, Kyrie, and they loaded without uh, Kevin Love. They got they got plenty of size over there. Now, Virgil will be back next year. 
Now they're trying to get the Wayne Wade over there and everything else. Why this shit borderline so just being stupid? Yeah, if I'm but, the Wayne Wade, I don't leave. You know what I mean? I understand the man needs to get his money and everything else, and he took pay cuts and all this and that and don't want to take any more. I mean, he's in a difficult spot because he's been a, a, the greatest Miami Heat in the history of, of their franchise. But, mm-hmm. you know, you can't come in and pay Drogic, uh 20-something million dollars a year and they want to get his man 15. You know, I don't blame him. I wouldn't be cool with that either. And Chris Bosh getting 20-something million dollars and they want you to continuously roll back. 15 million and take 12 over the next two years after that and stuff like that. So I think although he plays only 60 games a year, I still believe he's their best player. So, but him going and playing with LeBron and all that to me is just stupid. And this is where Cleveland is going to be because everybody wants to feel sorry for Cleveland when LeBron has continuously had a loaded team. Now, if Thompson gets the max or somewhere near the max is what he's looking for, you got Kevin Love on max, Kyrie on max, LeBron on max, damn, you know, y'all boys need to win something. You know, then David Blatt did a good job coaching those guys, but he don't agree with LeBron, LeBron don't agree with him, so now they're trying to push Blatt out of there. Which is to me is, is stupid because yeah, I think so too. You got to you got to let the guy coach the, the basketball team, and to me, LeBron freestyle too much, and because he's a great player, he gets away with it. And then when it don't work out, everybody oh, we want to read the stat sheet. Well, LeBron do all his work for the first two or three quarters, and when the game get tight, he start taking jump shots and beating and shooting off the wrong leg and all that bullshit, to me, you can't, you cannot be the best doing that. Sure, does he have the most talent? Yes, he does. But he can't be the best doing that. I want to see a guy take over the game from beginning to end. And I just don't see that. So I'm glad Golden State got their ring. I'm glad that uh, Curry and them got that one under their belt because they're great players, and that's what Great players are going to be defined by at the end of the day. And my hat goes off to them. And, you know, I hope they compete well for another one next year. But, you know, I hope Chicago gets there. Okay. All right. Well, Ray just pretty much covered the entire finals and the future of the Cavaliers. So uh, I don't know if you all want to add anything. I don't know if you can add anything to it. But, uh, Buck, Eminem, you feel to throw in your two cents? Cause that's about all it would be. Hey, man, I, I, everything the race said, I co-signed on. Because bottom line of it is, too many people feeling bad for them to LeBron James. LeBron James did play it. Now, you know, to get the guys there to the finals and, you know, to play the way he played without the help that he had, I mean, they did. They he played well. However, he didn't take the damn game over. It's like he gets tired after the third quarter. I mean, when you are the – he said he was the best in the world. Okay. Play like the best in the world. He did not do that. I mean, you got the you, – when you take the final shot in the game, you better make that son of a bitch. Don't miss it. And he misses it more often than not. Um, he complained a lot during the during the series. Like, he was supposed to be foul. 
went, you know, that he got a foul and he didn't. I mean, bottom line of it is the, the, they did have enough players where they could have at least made a charge, made a charge or run at it, and they just didn't get it done. Uh, their bench players did not play up to the caliber that they needed to play. Um, I don't think the coach made the correct calls down the stretch and make the necessary adjustments they needed to make to put the players in that were playing. Um, they needed to play and step up to the plate. I mean, it was, it was, a, it was a, to me, it was a, a, a variety of things that made Cleveland lose that. But at the same time, <laughs> you got to give it to Steve Kerr. Man, when he needed to make a change, he made a change, and it made an impact. And Golden State played an outstanding series. Um, they did what they needed to do to win when when they knew how to counter, and that's what it's all about. And when you know how to counter and, you know, you bring the best out of the players that you have, Steve Kerr, he learned from the best. And uh, he was a great player when he was in the NBA, and now he's, you know, now he has a ring as a coach. So I, my hat's off to Golden State, and I'm glad that they uh, – I'm glad they stuck it to Cleveland. I don't like nothing in Cleveland anyway with the NFL Hall of Fame in the first place. But um, That's Cleveland, can. well, it's in Ohio, and Ohio is a dirty city. But um, I don't like Cleveland. Don't like the Browns. So now, how about that? But anyway, um, it was a great series. Enjoyed it. Um, Cleveland, you know, they can come back. They'll probably, you know, make another run next year. But there's something else I want to bring bring about as far as uh as far as LeBron James goes. We got to think about this for a second. LeBron James has been in the finals for five straight years, right? This yeah. man has played 82 regular season games every year for the last five years, plus the playoffs, plus, plus playoffs, plus, plus the finals. That's true. So this motherfucker, this motherfucker. Didn't he do the Olympics tired. too? <laughs> yeah, did the Olympics too, and the All Star games and all that shit. This motherfucker is tired. So. With that being said, and I'm not taking up for him because I don't think he's the best in the world and all that shit. I know that's that's just him, and he wants people to feel sorry for him. But I don't. The bottom line of it is this. If you play that many damn games, somebody got to step up some damn time. I mean, the man did score 40 points, you know, most nights. So, but at the same time, this man has played an outstanding number of games. I mean, he's played 100-something games a year. 100 107 games a year, and that doesn't include preseason. Preseason, this motherfucker, yeah. yeah. This motherfucker tired. So somebody got to step up. So you can, you can be the best in the world if you, you – you can't be the best in the world if you play that many games for the last five years. So with that being said, that's just something to think about. So I just want to throw that out there. But um, Great point. Hats off to Golden State. Hats off to Golden State, and I do think the right person did get the uh, MVP. I know Seth Curry thought he should have gotten it, but – Seth Curry had two games that he didn't play worth shit. So, just you know, I think the right man got the MVP. All right. Cool, man. All right. Y'all have some pretty good final thoughts on that. All right. I'll go ahead and move on to the next one, next topic. Doggone Pete Rose. You know, it takes something big for me to talk baseball. For 26 years, Pete Rose had one lie he told. He never bet on baseball while he was a player. All right. Well, I get. I don't know if it's – well, anyway. Now, in 2004, he admitted after 15 years of the now that he placed bets on baseball when he was a manager. But new documents obtained by Outside the Lines indicate that Rose bet extensively on baseball and his team, the Cincinnati Reds, uh, while he was still playing back in 1986. 
and the documents go beyond the evidence presented in 1989 that led to his banishment in the first place. So, Ray, is this the nail in the coffin on Pete Rose getting to the Hall of Fame? Is he done? Is he dead to baseball officially? Um, I don't know. I always thought he'd be dead before he let him in the Hall of Fame anyway. So whether it's 50 years from now or another 30, 30 years or another 50, it's all going to be the same thing. He won't either see he it. Either, either he's going to be looking down on the Hall of Fame or looking up at it. If you're looking up at him, he ain't going to be worried about getting in there anyway. So, I don't believe his eyes going to be open when he get in there. Eminem? Well, um, I don't know if he'll ever get in. You know, he should, in my opinion. You know, he he's a Hall of Famer. But, uh, you know, it's, it's no different. I, I, I look at this no different than, uh, you know, than uh, – the OJ case, or how certain people feel about T.O. and that kind of stuff, like, you know, where if, okay, like, Pete Rose was the type of player that I don't know exactly what year this betting supposed to start, but he was pretty much going to be a lock up for the Hall of Fame before the betting stuff even got out. I'm pretty sure he was. Right. So, you know, it's not like the guy couldn't play. That's my thing. It's not like he couldn't play. And right. I think uh, more research should be done on the bets itself because now just to a fan, if you hear about a player betting on their own team, if that player is saying, I bet we're going to win, right, and they're not doing anything to compromise the chances of victory, I think the average fan not only do they not care, they actually look look at that in a good way, like a, as an extra incentive. No different than um, some quarterbacks or running backs uh, buying their uh, offensive linemen isotoner gloves and shit. You know what I'm saying? Because they right. make the Pro Bowl. So I mean, so I, I never, well, I never really cared enough about it. Just sit down and research it. You know, some of y'all might, you know, Mike can just tell me so I don't have to read. I hate reading sometimes. But you know what type of what type of bets did the dude do? You know, I'm like, I'm just like, was he throw Now, if you're saying he throwing games, well I, well, I definitely see the controversy. But if you're just strictly saying betting, it's just like, you know, I'm pretty sure Floyd Mayweather bet on himself to win the Pacquiao fight. I mean, I'm just saying, if you betting, and if you betting on your team to do good as an incentive, I really don't see what the even though it's not good maybe, but I think it's more so hurtful if it's something where the perception is that you're taking bets and, you know, you, you, you're laying off, uh, 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 you know, you're you, you, uh, doing something to compromise the game where you might lose. Now, that's an issue. But if that ain't the case, then let the man in. But the thing about it is a man with 4,200 hits can be taking it too much. That dude well, getting on base. Well, well, see, that's what I'm saying. It, it, He's it, probably betting on played, himself. It, exactly. That's what I'm. That's what I'm getting at. The way he played, it, it's almost like he bet the good bet, like as in an extra incentive to do even more. You mm-hmm. know, which ultimately would have benefited the team anyway. You know, that's no different than mm-hmm. in a, uh, than a, you know in any sport. If somebody's betting on their teams, like, hey man, I bet. You know, we don't have an incomplete pass this whole 
first quarter. Well, I mean, what fan wouldn't want that, you know? Right. I mean, you're talking about this guy, uh, the closest active player to him right now is A-Rod, who just crossed 3,000 over the weekend. And, and A-Rod is still 1,200 hits behind Pete Rose. There's no way. And, and has only played, he has to get 400, he's only played three years less than Pete Rose. Pete Rose played 24 years, right? And so if A-Rod played three more years, he has to average 400 a year, you know, and um, so he got to come with it. And to me, um, and well, I'm sorry, Buck, you can chime in, then I'll give my opinion. Bottom line of it is this man should be in the Hall of Fame. I mean, regardless of, you know, the way I look at it is like this. Pete Rose didn't kill anybody. Um, and we got people that's in the NFL Hall of Fame that's done that <laughs> or get, get ready to go with uh, Ray Lewis. Um, oh. um, you got, and then you, oh, you know, uh, you got you got a rod and you got you got uh, you got uh, McGuire and Sosa and and all these other guys have been on all these fucking steroids and Andy Pettit and all these jokers and fucked up the damn game of baseball. And we know everyone that I just mentioned gonna be in it. So with that being said, and this man just bet just been betting. What the fuck, man? I mean, look, even Michael Jordan did betting in his ass in the NBA Hall of Fame. So, bottom line of it is, they need to just let the man in the Hall of Fame. P. Rose, one of the best baseball players of all time, and I'm just—it's just—it's it's actually a travesty that he's not in it. I mean, my goodness, and it's just like that. It's almost like he's been black—he's been blackballed for no reason. Because, first of all, hey, what's funny about I, I, I would approach it the way Dennis Rodman said one of the most sensible things Rodman has ever said. Maybe the only sensible thing he's ever said was, I don't give a damn about the Hall of Fame. As long as everybody knows I'm supposed to be in there, that's all it counts. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that could be true. But the bottom line of it is this. I mean, Pete Rose... Like I said, it's been one of the, it was arguably one of the best baseball players of all time. It would be a travesty to the sport that if he's not in the Hall of Fame. I mean, it's a man that belongs in there. And, 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 and the way I feel about Hall of Fame, too, is I don't care if you kill 20 people. If you did your thing on that field, I put you in that Hall of Fame. Yeah, uh, yeah I, I think that um, when it's all said and done, if you did steroids, that was the difference between turning a 325-foot fly out the left field to a 375-foot home run, right? I can see the argument there. A man placing a bet has nothing to do with 4,256 hits, absolutely nothing. And the man is the best in the game. And I felt I felt like he should have been in the, the hall the first year he was eligible. Skip all hey, betting. Uh, hey, but fellas, check this out, though. By him not getting in the hall, and everybody, you know, consistently say he should be pretty much everywhere, but he's synonymous with the Baseball Hall of Fame. I mean, year after year, Pete Rose's name is, is, is more prevalent than whoever get, gets uh, elected to it. So, in a way, he's more famous not getting in than, than getting in. Because if he got in when he should, you know, well, most young kids still don't keep up baseball. But, I mean, so many people know Pete Rose based on every year it comes up. His name is talked about more than the people who get in. 
That's true. But think about it. I would have seen what baseball should have done, if you ask me. If they could do it all over again, they would have put him in and then taken him out. I think more people would have been okay with that than never putting him in to begin with. Um, I, I think you have to have the best hitter in the game in the Hall of Fame if he didn't do anything on the field that helped him get yeah. hits. Yeah, that's that, all that's, that's in now. the same category with uh, the Reggie Bush <laughs> Heisman Trophy. I mean, it's like, well, well, who won it that year? Oh, right. uh, it's erased. You know, like, yeah, nah, man, it's Reggie Bush. And Reggie Bush. You know? <laughs> right. People would still remember him as a Hall of Famer, even if he wasn't uh-huh. in the Hall of Fame. Just like we remember, you know, OJ as being a Hall of Famer. Just like Darren Sharper is not going into the Hall of Fame because he's um, a convicted rapist, but what he did on the field was Hall of Fame worthy, you know, as a player. So, I mean, I understand that some people may taint their name, but I don't think it should taint what they did on the field. I know it's kind of hard to separate the two. And everything, but um, that's just how it goes. Now, um, Pete Rose averaged 177 hits per year for his career. Ichiro Suzuki is averaging 180 hits per season for his career. The only difference is because he started his professional career in Japan, he was 27 when he got to the United States. So at age 41, he's not going to catch Pete Rose. Yeah, so that's that, um, he would have to play. He would have to play nine more years. He's not going to do it. Yeah, that's like a a Warren Moon analogy. Yeah, what what Warren Moon could have done had he started as a rookie. Right. So um, as far as anyone active right now, um, I mean Adrian Beltre is sixteen hundred away, and he's played eighteen years. Albert Pujols is seventeen hundred away, and he's thirty five. Man, that record's going to be there for a minute. Unless there's some young, like, 20-something who's just killing it right now, and I don't know. But Miguel Cabrera is um, 2,000 behind, and he's 32. So he got to average 200 a year just to get up to 3,800. Yeah, I mean, and he'll be 40. I just don't know if anybody's going to be approaching that record anytime soon. Yeah. Somebody will get it eventually. Ultimately. But, yeah, but Pete Rose, I agree with Ray. Pete Rose is going to be uh, – shoot, we're going to be dead by the time Pete Rose – and a lot of people got to die before Pete Rose got in the hall. A lot of folks, they got to forget about what happened and got to die before Pete Rose gets in the hall. So I don't know if his grandkids going to see him. But All right, moving on. Um, is Tiger Woods doing? Tiger Woods came flat out last a couple of weeks ago, and he didn't make the cut in the U.S. Open – I mean, he's still 40 years old. Well, not 40. He's actually late 30s. Um, and Jack Nicholson won a major at, like, age 46. I mean, is Tiger done, or should he go back to his original swing coach, get on his knees and apologize, and try to see if he can recreate what they once had? As far as Tiger Woods goes, I think Tiger needs to stop trying to lift, like, 800 pounds in the damn gym. Tiger, what Tiger has done with golf has actually been extraordinary. But what's happened to him in recent years is his body can't keep up. And um, I think that's the cause of it. I think what he does is he he rehabs and then he jumps back in the gym just a little bit too early and he doesn't pace himself. Um, He wants, you know, he's 
strong enough. We all know that. And he could drive a ball probably further than any of them in the history of, of golf. But at right now, time. his body, at one time, his body can't keep up anymore. And the fact of the matter is, I mean, just like, you know, father time catch up with everybody. The only thing with Tiger is with the uh, the types of injuries that he's gotten in recent years. I don't think he's just he's not healthy, and he's not doing he's not doing the correct things to be healthy. Uh, I just think he's rushing himself too too you know too soon to get back, and he's re-injuring other you know other he's getting new injuries to his body, and I think that and the fact that he's lifting too heavy a weight, I think he needs to change his 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 uh, regimen. Of exercise a little bit, you know, more reps, less weight, and I think it'll do him. I think it'll do him better. And I just think he needs to take a year off and get healthy first, and then just kind of slowly work on things. And maybe going back to his original coach is not such a bad idea. But there's a there's a couple of two or three things that he needs to do if he wants to get back and win another major. And it starts with uh, changing changing his routine, taking a year off, changing his routine, and just you know give himself time to heal. He got plenty of money. He ain't got to worry about shit. And what's his original coach's name? Hank Caney? Is that a, that the dude? I think so. I'm not sure what yeah. his coach's name is. I mean, he has a new guy now named Chris Como. I don't know anything about him. But um, Tiger is still young enough to win majors. I just don't know. I mean, Ray, is it is it mental? Is it physical, like Buck said? I, I mean, if you had to pick something – that's causing Tiger to just suck right now, man. Where would you start? Well, I think Tiger is just a weak individual mentally. You know, guys used to always try to praise Tiger for being mentally strong. A guy told me today that playing golf is harder than playing basketball. I just looked at his ass because I didn't want to waste the energy talking to his dumb ass. But it's just, you know, guys, you'll find guys that can't play a sport to save their life to say stuff like that, you know. And, you, and you know, it, it's just Tiger, he, he's just not mentally strong, you know. Little things bother him and stuff like that. And ever since he got caught and all of that, he ain't been quite right. And, you know, Kobe had charges getting ready to go to jail, everything. He still, still come balling. in the second half and score 25 points to one half. <laughs> they born him and everything in Denver. He come in and do what he got to do. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> he said, you know, if I'm going to jail, I'm going out with a bang. That's what you're supposed to do. This is what you do. All this shit, I can't hit the ball, and I need my, my putting coach and all that bullshit. Listen, you didn't get the routine <laughs> fifty thousand times. You don't need that guy. That's just like we needing a strength trainer, and we didn't done the routine fifty thousand times. You should know. And I know everything. You're gonna tell me. Yeah. So he just messed up. Let old girl get him for a, a, a hundred seventy-five million dollars. He just. Screwed himself up, and you know, I hate to see him going out like that. But at the end of the day, he's still rich. But will he play any more golf? I thought Tiger would be fine for a few years. Now I'm facing reality. I'm looking at it like 
I don't know about Tyson. They thought he was going to shatter Jack Nicholson's record, but now it looks like he's going to punk out. You know what I mean? So, hey, he had a he had a good run. He made a lot of money, gave a lot of it away, but he made a lot of money. So, <laughs> will he get another opportunity? No. I mean, I just hate see a guy going out like a chump. You got that kind of money you can have from the baddest, baddest women on 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 this earth. You let people gank you that ain't even worth two fucking nickels, and you, you know, I, I just I just don't 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 like that man. You know, he could have could have got done a whole lot better all the way around the board. No doubt, man. So, um, I I, I think that. Uh, when you, I mean, there's some. I think there's some validity about his mental toughness. You know, a lot of those majors he won, he was like in a huge league going into Sunday. Has Tiger ever came back and won a major? I don't think he has. I think he's always been in the league where it wasn't a lot of pressure. Not recently. No, I think he did back in the day, but like I say, I don't, I don't follow that golf. You know, I, I like contact sports. All that shit, people standing out there looking at the trees and all that—they can have that. Thank But but yeah, man, I I think um, I think Tiger's finished. He he shouldn't be finished, but it's a mental thing with him. I, I think he just um, with him, it, it's almost like. Um, it's almost like some kind of TV preacher getting exposed or something. You know, it's like everybody thinking, you know, he the second comment of, you know, this is how uh, a young man should be. You know, this is the the type of athlete we want to put on a pedestal. We don't want, you know, the uh, a, a rich black male, you know, with a lot of holes and in strip clubs and, with the entourage, you know, why can't y'all be more like Tiger? And then when all this shit came out and just totally ruined his image or the facade of the image, you know, personally it wasn't no big deal to me like that, but to him, I guess, he's never, this is the type of kid that probably never even had a fight at school before. So, I mean, it's just like with him, he had such a fragile upbringing where everything was almost, tailor-made for him that he really don't know how to handle adulthood when the pressure get on. So when everything that made Tiger, Tiger, the the, the, the role model type of athlete, the, the, hey, man, you know, this dude so, so, so good to the point where Buick, Buick never sponsors nobody, no athlete, black or white. So you have to be a square dude to get sponsored by Buick. Because they don't want their <laughs> name associated with nothing crazy. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, so he screwed his whole persona up in the minds of people who really wanted to make a hero out of somebody that was young and rich. And he can't get over it. Why? I don't know. You know, then, you know, then with the divorce and the, and the, 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 this white girl taking all his money and all that stuff that made it even worse. But the but but the reason he can't win is his image he had. You know, I mean, Tiger Woods was almost the equivalent of 
uh, kind of like Tim Tebow as far as people wanting to, you know, like say, well, damn, this is a breath of fresh air type of guy, you know. Mm-hmm. Tim Tebow, Russell Wilson, you know, guys in that category, the ones that you just, you know, just don't see them doing nothing just too crazy. I ain't saying they're perfect, but so when that guy erupted, he can't bounce back from it, you know. So okay. it's it's sad because the potential was there, you know. And, I I mean, you, you couldn't have paid me. I don't follow golf. You know, but you couldn't have paid me 10 years ago to tell me. You couldn't have made me believe Tiger Woods wouldn't have broke every record ever in golf. Yeah. You know, because he was doing his thing, and the Williams sisters was doing their thing with tennis, and, like, they was just, like, killing it. For but you know what? Serena's still doing it. Right. Serena's still doing it. Yeah. But, but you know, but, but, but they was kind of, like, synonymous with the sports that black people really don't play that much. But they was killing it, and then he screwed up, and he can't get over it. So he done. Okay, I believe he is too. All right, one more thing, we get up out of here. They got rumors going around that the Lakers are trying to steal yet another big man and get Demarcus Cousins from the Kings. And I'm Sacramento. There's no way I'm trading Demarcus Cousins. I don't even understand why that's even an issue. I mean, yeah, the Lakers have the second pick in the draft. They have Julius Randle from last year, but why would the Lakers? Why would the Kings get rid of Demarcus Cousins? Who they, who are they trying to get for him? I'm either a, like the second the second pick in the draft, and maybe like a Julius Randle or somebody like that. Some other oh, players. Okay. I mean, will any of you do that if you're the Kings? They don't know. I mean, the Kings. I mean, they already other than the big man. Who else do they got? So, it'd be to me it'd be stupid, but you know how the Lakers do things. They make you get rid of people. So, they need more than a big man though to get to get them out of the damn dungeon that they're in right now. They need I mean, a conglomerate player. If they do like a big overhaul and get the far offense it appears to be though. Yeah, I mean, they got to do something drastic, and I guess you know the Lakers. They 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 try to make drastic moves, and they get big men out there and they build around them. But you know they're no. trying to bring Showtime back, but they got a lot of work to do. Maybe this is you know something they'll they'll try. Um, yeah. But if I'm Sacramento, I'll make it impossible for the motherfuckers to get it. Yeah, I mean, but Boogie got a attitude problem and stuff, so that kind of hurting them a little bit. And we went on strictly play. He almost as good as Anthony Davis is, but he's good. But the thing is, is um, you know, Lakers trade they they pick, and maybe one or two players. You know, the free agents is going to Los Angeles because Los Angeles got the money, and they going wherever yeah. the money is. Yeah. Man, I would love to see Melo out there with Kobe. I, I, man, I, I well after after watching the Lakers last year or whatever, I, I wouldn't mind seeing Betty White get picked up free agency. But <laughs> I, I mean, currently, I don't I don't care to see I don't care for Carmelo all that much. I mean, he's a really good player, he's a great scorer, but I just don't care for him to be on a team. You know, I just think he's just one of those guys made to to make All Star games, and that's about it. 
But, I mean, uh, he, he wouldn't be he a, he be a leader. Come All he would do is just score. You know what, Camilo Elton, he kind of reminds me, he, he's like a cancer. I mean, he gets on the team, the team starts losing. So, and this, he, he's one of them players that, you know, he always plays great, but that's it. He plays great, and then the rest of these motherfuckers fall off, and this, he's a cancer he's to a, the team. He's a Takeo Spice like, of the NBA. <laughs> yeah, something like that. Kind of like what Charles Barkley used to be. Charles Barkley did real well, but the rest of the team kind of fell off. So, kind of the same Everybody's gonna crumble. Kobe's like, oh, Kobe gonna score forty thousand points for us over with. 
knowing eight, them parts are going to wear out. And yeah. now you've seen in the past two seasons, them parts are wearing out. He was, he was great. He was a legend. He'd come in and play this year. Maybe he can make something out of it. But after that, he has got to hang up the cleats of his shoes in order to protect his greatness. If not, he ain't going to be looked at the same. I mean, Kobe right now, where is Kobe on the scoring charts? Um, he got to be way up there. Yeah, he's number three. Yeah, there he is. I'm looking like in top ten. But, yeah, he's um, number three. He's 6,000 points behind Kareem. Uh, 4,000 behind Carmelo. Malone. 6,000 behind Kareem. Uh, man. Yeah, he can only get about 1,700 a year if he's healthy and plays all 82 games. So even with two years, he couldn't catch Kareem. He'd still be about a thousand short. I don't think anybody's gonna catch Kareem until LeBron. If LeBron, LeBron plays another, he's gonna be the next guy to catch him. Yeah, he's, he's the only one. He's not gonna get hurt. He's at twenty-five thousand, twenty-five thousand now. Because uh, the only, only thing that's holding LeBron up is he hasn't had a major injury yet. Right. And yeah. you know, had he had he been out for the season. Like Jordan, they say he played 15 seasons, but he only played uh, 18 games or whatever his second year. He came back uh, in what was it, 95. Yeah, and only played 17 games at the end of the year. So he only really played 13 seasons. Yeah, he probably could have. He would have caught Kareem. Yeah, and and he would have played, wouldn't have retired and all that other stuff, yeah. That's mm-hmm. that that's what, what what makes him the greatest. Not only because how he scored and the the logo and the shoes and all of that, it's everything. The defense, the winning, the never losing, never going to a game seven, all that goes in together. You know, a lot of these boys is good, but at the same time, they lost games they were supposed to win. Okay. And this is how ironic is this? Um, Jordan and Wilt Chamberlain both average exactly the same points per game, keeping one point game for their career. That's crazy. Yeah. That's <laughs> uh, well, uh, yeah. Well, Jordan and Wilt just kind of brought him down a little bit. What is it? Thirty point thirty one point four or thirty point four? Thirty point thirty point one. And um, yeah, in his um, in his Chicago years, he averaged thirty one point five, and then in the Wizard years, twenty one point two. And with Wilt yeah. Chamberlain, his first six seasons, he averaged forty one point five. Then he his five years with the Lakers, seventeen point seven, and then twenty seven point six with Philadelphia. Uh, well, the last five years of his career with with the Lakers, seventeen point seven. So. Um, but that's a trip that they both finished with the same the same average over the same number of years. How about that? So, well, uh, Jordan got way more points. Why is that? He played um, more games. He, yeah, he played in more games. He played uh, about. Well, it says he played in thirty more games. Let's see. I don't know. That seems kind of weird that they have the same average and he only played in 30 more games, but how many points is he ahead of him? 
Oh, well, he's only ahead of uh, Will Chamberlain by like 600 points. So. Oh, only 600? Oh, that's right. Will something like 31, that. Something, no, yeah, Will got like 31 and a half, and Jordan got like 32, 200. So, but yeah, the, I guess well, the difference won. is the amount of games he played. He played in more games so, than Will. So he wasn't. He Will wasn't playing nobody anyway. But I mean, you got well, you were in front of you, I guess. But you know, grabbing 50 rebounds and all that <laughs> bullshit. I, I, I don't that see man. that on. I don't see that on the film. That man averaged 23 rebounds for his career. <laughs> yeah, Bill Russell his, like that too. Right? His, lowest, his lowest season was 18 rebounds a game. And then he had two seasons when he averaged eight assists. So, I'm all right. I'm going to check what he killed that guy in the I don't know. No, that would have been nice to see. I would have liked to have seen yeah, Shaq and Kareem. Shit. I would have, because Kareem took Shaq. Shaq would have killed him. Kareem couldn't have stopped Shaq, but Shaq couldn't have stopped that sky hook. I mean, they would have just mm-hmm. scored on each other. Kareem was good, but he was soft, man. But, but speaking, you know. speak, speak of the sky hook, man, why, has not, why hasn't anyone tried to perfect the sky hook? It's basically unblockable for the most part. I mean, someone could really be a force if they learn how to throw a sky hook. Well, I mean, a guy yeah, just one of the European ball players come up with that. That 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 softball right there. I don't see nothing soft about this guy. That's a difficult shot. Come on, throw that thing nineteen it. feet. All, all I can tell y'all is, is when David Robinson, Ewing, and all them guys was the man. Shaq knocked them all down on the ground like they were babies. And I remember, like, wow, he coming straight from LSU doing the same thing he was doing in college. I mean, literally, beat the, I see, I only seen three ball players in my lifetime that people were afraid of. And one was Michael Jordan, the other was Kobe Bryant, and the other was Shaquille O'Neal. I mean, where people were scared like they were playing football. I tell you, somebody who wasn't afraid of him, even though he could, he tried his best to stop him every time he played. That dog on Alonzo Mourning. Alonzo Mourning oh, wasn't yeah. no now, now Shaq posterized, but Alonzo was going up with Shaq. Man, he was trying to block hey, everything. I, I, I tell you, who else wasn't scared? Of him? Uh, Dennis, Dennis Rodman. <laughs> well, Dennis Rodman used to D up anybody. Yeah. So, but yeah, Alonzo Mourning would D up on him though. He would D up on him every time. But who would never admit to being afraid of him, I think Charles Barker was afraid of Shaq. Charles Barkley was six foot five right. and two sixty, he was a lot smaller. So you can kinda understand that. But you know he never admitted the bonus and all these guys they call about all these the best in the world outside the United States. Man Shaq beat that guy. Like I would whoop a kid on the playground. Oh, and everyone's Had favorite. Had all Greg, down on the ground. Greg Ostertag. He punked Greg yeah. Ostertag on and out the court. Yeah, <laughs> now, Ray, I know you, you got to put Will Chamberlain in there, too, because there were, there were people that were scared to play against Will Chamberlain because that motherfucker would score beyond just scoring. Yeah, everybody except for Bill Russell. The average guy you play at is 6'7", 200 pounds. He's supposed to do that. 
They weren't even when, I look at, when I look at the film, I don't see a dominant guy. I see a guy slow. I see a guy leaping off of both feet. I see a guy. I just I just don't see it. You know, if you ain't playing no competition, he was ahead of his time. That's what it was. You know, yeah, no, no disrespect. He ain't should be in the Hall of Fame because he did it and played against the guys he could play against. But all that greatest and he scored 100 points and all that, Man, he didn't come in and get Shaq. Then the day he really had his head tore off, it wasn't even been close. Cause he was too slow. He's moving in slow motion like he got diarrhea or something. <laughs> oh man. Well, man, it's a shame that um, big men don't don't do like they don't do like they used to. Man, uh, I mean, big men back in the day. They were something to watch. You had to have one on your team, but now big men are optional. Uh, that you don't surround a team. I mean, the Lakers still try to find a big man to surround talent with, but for the most part, teams don't believe in surrounding talent. I mean, think about Olajuwon, Ewing, Shaquille, Kareem, uh, Moses Malone. I mean, all the big men back in the day, David Robinson and how everything centered around them, and now these days, it really don't matter. It really don't matter. The game has, has truly changed a lot. So. But all right, we're getting ready to wrap oh. things up, fellas. Oh. Um, yeah. Before we go, we got to talk about how Adrian Brower got his head tore up Saturday night. Oh, man, I forgot all about that. I'm glad you brought that up. I want to talk about him and Andre Ward. But, hey, uh, y'all don't think Adrian Brower got robbed up. No, he no, no. Nah, nah. I think he lost. Now, I mean, all three judges saw just completely different fights. That was kind of odd. But um, no, nah, I thought Broner definitely lost that fight, and the only way he was going to win was to get the knockout. And, and I mean, but I, I thought he got his he head almost, killed. He almost the got the knockout. You know, I thought he did good. He knocked him down. I don't know if he, he knocked him down. Yeah, Sean Porter put them hands on him. He appeared scared of Porter or he really respected Porter um, because of, of all the pushing and stuff. I just didn't think it was necessary for him to do all that. And after he got um, – you know, after the referee told him to chill out, Tony Weeks, who I got to meet a couple of weeks ago, um, told him to chill out. He didn't. He didn't stop. You know, and uh, so I don't know. I mean, I don't think Broner necessarily looked bad. I just think he was outclassed in this fight. Um, I mean, he. I mean, he got the knockdown. I think that was the first time Porter's ever been knocked down. I can't remember. And um, yeah, that is true. Yeah. So I mean, he didn't look bad. You know, but he just was outmatched. You know. What about his What about his uh, comments at the end of the fight? One that, uh, and I'm not really just asking y'all, but but I just know how the media always be, you know, talking about how arrogant people. Are. I mean, the dude gave a. I had to look twice to make sure that was the same guy talking. He was just like, you know, no, gave credit. He, he, no, he was he just he just being sarcastic. Being a being a jerk and an asshole, it's one thing to be. Uh, <laughs> I thought he gave you credit in, in his it way. Came no. off, it came off seem no, like a hype. 
he didn't get, get credit. He's being crashed as he always is. Now, you, like you're talking about, well, we just, just like before the fight, he was talking about, you know, he's not even in the same class as him. And, you know, after the fight, he had taken him out of dinner. So the man asked him after the fight, you still want to take him out to dinner? He said, yeah, I'll take him out to dinner. I'll take him out to dinner. I'll take him out Yeah, I heard him say that. Now, that's that's being taking a swipe. Showing Porter Father wouldn't even shake his hand and told him, you won't fight. We can go right outside when we get out of here. Told him straight like that. This this is the problem I got. I ain't got no... No power, nobody's falsing. I like to, to, to wear nice shit too, but at the same time, you got a back that's falsing up with something. Oh, he he looked pretty now. You he, oh style and left hook. He's doing the twelve round. Oh, you look pretty now, but nigga, you got to keep on boxing. Now now the problem is, uh, uh, Mayweather was sitting in the crowd. He was literally frowning up. Then he saw himself on the jumbotron. Then he started smiling and standing up clapping because he's trying to tell Broner, listen, you got to leave Cincinnati. Come down here and train in Vegas and all this. Broner don't want to do none of that. He want to floss. Now, Broner got paid $1.35 million for the fight. The last fight, he bought a $750,000 watch. Now, you tell me, after you pay your corner, <laughs> after you pay your lawyer, and after the tax man gets through with you, you're going to blow all your fighting money on a watch? I'm going to pop. He probably you know what I'm Yeah, that's crazy. Now, Unless now, you're selling dope or something. Now, now you got four or five kids by three or four different women, you know, you you got to slow down. You hanging with Mayweather, but you not Mayweather. Right, right. Mayweather, Mayweather got a lot more income. Two hundred and seventy-five million dollars off that fight. So was that why he said uh, something about you know he good, he financially good? Yeah, that, that yeah. He, he, he made. Because he knows folks are wanting to come out Monday. Ride him up. He ain't got much of me in the bank. Right. Well, now, what did y'all think about what did y'all think about the other fight, the one on Sunday, the Valquez, the Valquez, I can't pronounce the fool's name. Valquez fight. Okay. I didn't, listen, uh, oh, I didn't see that one on Sunday. No, yeah, that, that was a good fight, man. It was really good. Um, I can't remember. I forgot which one won, but I don't think. I think it may have been Valquez that won the fight, but it was a decent fight. Um, but uh, he got one of them. Um, I think it was like the ninth round. He got one point taken away. He won. He won. A, won all the uh, all the bouts. But he got one point taken away because he he hit him kind of low, and he'd already been worn once. But uh, he got he hit hit kind of low in the ninth round. But he won. He that was the only round that they ended up tying in. But the rest of them he won. So it, it was a really good fight. The undercard was better though, in my opinion. Okay. Well, uh, I didn't want. Uh, it looks like Broner, according to Complex Magazine, says he's worth about three million. I don't know if that's as of 2014 or not. I'm not sure. Um, they say, he, yeah, which is not a lot. They say he gets between six and ten thousand um, 
an appearance at to show up at uh, nightclubs, <laughs> six to ten thousand dollars. But uh, yeah, they say he's worth about three million dollars. Uh, wow. You know, now I remember him going to a strip club and having um, two garbage bags full of full of money. But I'm assuming they had to be one dollar bills. He's gonna be broke. Plus, plus he's gonna be broke bills down the toilet before he retires. Yeah, plus he's gonna be broke before he retires. I guarantee you. The same, the same guy that Rock Nation tried to sign him up to a five-year, forty million dollar deal. Know what he told Jay Z? Suck my dick. Don't believe me, you look it up. <laughs> turn down $40 million. You worth three. But you turn down 40 And the last fight you had, you got $1.35 million. Now, tell me what kind of sense that makes. Well, they you got, like he got pictures on Instagram with, like, bags of money and things of that nature. The difference between him and Mayweather, uh, he got a bunch of 20s. <laughs> Mayweather rocking hundreds. He's rocking more than hundreds. Same guy that was on a documentary, come up in a little apartment, talking about, yeah, when he makes some more millions, he's going to get his mother a house and all this kind of stuff. He's it's disrespectful. Well, you got your mom, particularly in Ohio, shit, the career probably was $500 a month over there. And that's disrespectful. Now, I understand you can't get a $2 million house, but get a $10,000 a month condo or whatever it is to get her out of that situation. So now you don't have to go back to the hood just to see your mama when you out there flossing like that. That's disrespectful. That's all I'm saying. Nah, that's I don't know. I mean, they say that um, this little nightclub gig he got, they, they claim that he's booked every weekend until the end of the year. I mean, if that's the case, then if he's doing it every single weekend, that's that's anywhere from, yeah. you know, 400000 yeah. to 500000 a year, which is good, solid money. But like I said, this guy spends Look, money so I can throw it. You got to give Uncle Sam half of that. You got to give Uncle Sam half of that. Your booking agent got to get 10%. So Uncle Sam take thirty five or forty percent, and Booker they take ten percent. That's half of me and turns into two hundred fifty thousand. You put seven fifty on a watch. <laughs> you and that? you broke, and you are in debt. Yeah, hey. Ray making a lot of sense. So any motherfuckers that listen to this shit, they need to take heed. When you make oh, it, I mean, you turn that forty million dollar contract, you're a stupid motherfucker to begin with, and then you make it. He's gonna be broke before he retires. I mean, this no is doubt. what I want to say too. Now you mess around there. I hope you good and everything. When you mess around there, get hurt or killed or something out there, don't nobody be passing around no hat because your kids are supposed to be good. I'm ain't about collecting no money. Collecting money for what? You you supposed to have made it. Well, we want to make sure kids for the college fund and all. You know how we do. Got to pay for his casket. You gonna have money for his casket. You know how we do. Yeah, instead of you supposed to already have the money. You know. Now I ain't telling you not to buy five or six cars because you got the money and you do it. But at the same time, 
you know, trying to buy a two million dollar car and you ain't made for six million dollars is stupid. Well, like I said, uh we'll see what happens to him, but uh real quick I wanna talk about uh Andre Ward, who I mean I think really wasn't challenged all that much. I don't think he was challenged that much, and he's ready to get back in. It's been a long time since dude has fought. Um, the guy he fought was Paul Smith, whatever his name was. Just uh, He wasn't no match for Andre. So Andre don't look like he's missed a beat. Where does Andre go from here? Who do you want to see him fight? Triple G. You think that can happen? Yeah, Triple G and get eight or nine excuses on why he don't want to fight it. I, if I love uh, 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 I think the Russian guy too, but he's in trouble. Adonis Stevenson's in trouble. Yeah, all of them in trouble. Uh, I don't like Adonis Stevenson anyway. I think he's. Uh, no, I don't like Adonis Stevenson. I, like I think he's been ducking guy. and diving, dodging. Kovalov or whatever his name, he can fight, but he yeah. could beat everybody but Andre Ward. Andre Ward is back now. These guys don't have a problem. I mean, and, so Andre uh, Ward. Super middleweight. Um, I mean, the best super middleweight in the business. Who can go up against him? Uh, I think he's already whooped. I think he's already whooped Arthur Abraham and Carl Frock. Um, yeah, well, you gonna move up five more pounds to get that money? Anthony so Durant. Uh, he goes up to light heavyweight. There's Sergey Kovalev, of course, like you mentioned earlier. Adonis Stevenson, I, w- I don't mind seeing that fight. I wouldn't mind seeing him fight Jean Pascal. Um, I mean, even a Bernard Hopkins, I'd watch it. You know, just to see him oh. against a big name. Uh, Julio Cesar Chavez Jr. I mean, there are a lot of different directions he can go at light heavy. So, um, if he moves up, that would definitely be interesting. Or he can, what, drop down and fight um, Golovkin. Hey, I wanna I wanna bring up this fact too. Hey, once come again, out dropping down. Once 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 again, we're gonna put all the money and stuff aside and we're gonna talk about the facts. Mayweather announced two potential opponents today. Did you guys hear about that? Nope. Nah. I'm... Who? Uh, what's the name? Uh I forget the other guy's name, but Andre Berto was one guy. All right, at least I've heard he of him. And, and the cops seen him uh, something. No, the guy lost two of his last three fights. But you're going two to see Khan because you say he's not a big enough name. Nigger, are you serious? Now, you tell me what kind of sense that makes. We all understand he's black Wait, and all he wants to do I well. I just found this guy's name. Who is Green Mayfield? Yeah, that's him, Mayfield. Who? Lost to Cassie Mayfield. I ain't never heard mm-hmm. of him. Yeah, well, uh, well see, well, well, he ain't but, doing it for the fans. He's trying to get uh, Marciano's record, I guess. Listen. That nigga say he gonna retire after that fight. So why he wanna stay on on one fight anyway? See, I'm gonna say this until it happens. If Pacquiao is healthy and got a healthy shoulder, that's gonna be a different fight. But like I say, the man got to take the money. 
he walking with $175 million. What would you do? Would you postpone the fight and know the man and never fight you again? Oh, I'm going to tell you another thing Mayweather said. I would like to give Dela Hoya a rematch. How is Dela Hoya? 45-47? And Dela Hoya was saying the other day that he was 50-50 on fighting again. I just read that today. Well, that's good. And I'll come back for that money. I'll come back for that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, because Dela Hoya going to have the sentimental favorite, I mean. Especially out west, I mean, with the Spanish population. No, so, I mean, he's not going, if you're he's looking not at going strictly money now, huh? He's not going to be favorite now. No, no, no. He's I said sentimental favorite. But no. look at the. I mean, well, right, I say Berto. Right, but I'm just Berto, saying that's what I'm. At least he's a name. I mean, I've seen the guy fight before. He has knockout power. Uh, I could get with Andre Berto, even though if I, but you know, I, I mean, that's not who I want to see him fight. But I could get with Andre Berto because he has the knockout power. At least I feel like, okay, there's something can happen. But this Kareem Mayfield wow. dude, I mean, he's 19 and two with 11 knockouts. I mean, 11 knockouts ain't bad. But this dude ain't fighting nobody. 19 fights, that's that's good. <laughs> but he ain't he ain't fighting anybody. There's not one person on his resume that I even know. All right, at least I know Andre Berto has fought people. I've, I've seen Andre Berto fight. I saw him fight, you know, Josito Lopez. I saw him fight the ghost, yeah. Robert Guerrero. You know, Robert Guerrero beat him. Yeah. Uh, Victor Ortiz, you know. I mean, people I've actually yeah. heard of, Luis Calazzo. But, but, he, but he went in the tank on several fights. And this is what I'm saying. You think that's a bigger name than Gail Brooks? No. Amir Khan and guys like that. That's not happening. You see, they ain't talking about, oh, you know, they don't have a name and they this, they that. It's, I, I tell you what, some people will pay their $70 that they want to, but only way I'm going to watch it is on ESPN or on some type of World Star video. Because <laughs> I ain't watching that bullshit. If he fights, which we know is not going to happen, if he fights Amir Khan, I'd pay for it. If he fought. Oh yeah, Kale Brook or or, or uh, I will pay for it. Or Chief Thurman, I'd pay for it, but we know it's not going to happen. Triple G, but but what we yep. see right now, where all these boys beat each other, the rubbers meet the road. The PBC series they got going now is the best is thing awesome. they got going yes. because you see in three fights. It takes us to back in the days of the eighties, the wide world sports With some type good of fights. deal. And they had and they putting on the best fights. I like guys who will fight anybody, anytime. Not always does it make sense and all this kind of shit. Okay, you right. need to tell me that makes sense? Okay. So the the Miracon doesn't make sense. This makes sense. Man, look here, get him on out of there. And he Man, gonna they, find out when they don't put his ass in the top ten for the remainder of his career, you can take that money and you can make you some sandwiches out of it, you can bathe in it, and you can take pictures with it. But it still ain't going to put you where you need to be in the history of the game because you didn't do the right things inside that range. And I will keep on saying that. I, um, and I, 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 um, I just lost my train of thought. Actually, uh, what was I going to say? Oh, um, 
when I was at the Boxing Hall of Fame, the dude beside me asked Amir Khan, do you think that you can make a match with Mayweather? And he said that it's not going to happen. He says he wants to fight Mayweather. He said he wants an opportunity, but he said there's no way Mayweather, he said he's going to, I can't remember the word he used, but essentially he was going to say he's going to find a cream puff or something like that. So, I mean, even Amir Khan knows it's not going to happen. You know, I'm pretty sure, I mean, it doesn't mean his people aren't going to try because that's a lot, that would be the biggest payday he'll ever have. But, um, no, that's not going to happen. I don't understand how they hook people in to watch this bullshit. I'm not paying no $70 to fight no tomato can. I want to see a fight. And yeah, I, I don't care if it's the no last fight, fight or not. Yeah, I, I, want, I want to see a fight. Like I say, he will be back because he's going to need the money. Trust me when I tell you. <laughs> Listen, a, a guy... You, you you tell me if I'm the best in the world and I collect two hundred seventy five million dollars for this last fight, ain't no way in hell I would be talking about fighting that guy next week to get more money. Right or wrong, I'm the best. I beat him by a unanimous decision. If I feel like I can do it again, if he's healthy, you guys want to pay to see it again. Right. I'm getting four fights in one. Yeah, I'm taking money. Why would you make the fight? I ain't going to lie. I would risk my record for that type of money. I really would. That's what I'm talking about. We're running back as many times as y'all want to run back. Yeah. And then if I lose, and I definitely ain't going to retire at that point, then I might as well fight three, four, five. <laughs> so, yeah, it's hard to walk away from that money. I don't care how much you have. Just, just the allure of being a billionaire makes it difficult. So, All right, fellas. I'll wrap this thing up. <laughs> We might have some more zone coverage on Wednesday. I'm sure we'll start talking about some training camp things, talking about uh, – I know I can talk about if the Cowboys are going to sign Dez or not based on what I'm hearing out of Dallas. You all can talk about whatever's going on with your teams. And uh, Eminem, if y'all going to have any veterans left or they going to all get cut before training camp. Uh, so we'll maybe get into some football on uh, Wednesday after the show for for some time and just talk about whatever comes up. So, but um, anything else before I shut this down? Or before they shut us down? <laughs> Sorry, we get cut off. So. Right, fellas. Um, keep an eye out on the Andre Berto, Kareem Mayfield watch and see what Mayweather decides to do in September. Everyone, you've been listening to the Talk to Q Radio show and zone coverage. No experts, just opinions, just some guys kicking around a lot of fun. Um, before I drop off, I'll go ahead and play a song by Sorrentos Melosia. Download his brand new song for free on his website right now at www.melosia.com forward slash music. Share it via email or social media platform with all of your friends. You have his permission. The charity for this one is Sing for Hope. The name of the song is I Sing. So everyone have a good night. Peace out. Sorrentos Melosia. My sweetheart is wondering Why am I doing this all of a sudden? My keys are all pop-
I think 